What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another installment here of Honest and Uneducated, the show where we talk about anything from movies, movie news, video games, comic books, collectibles, just all sorts of fun stuff like that. Uh, we have a ton, unlike a lot of other weeks here recently, especially you know during the midst of this pandemic. Uh, some of the times I feel like we've had to kind of struggle to find some, you know, at least some really like good meaty topics to talk about, and it feels like this past week. We were just like bombarded with a ton of movie news and this PS5 and Xbox came out. There's just a ton of stuff going on in this in this uh, little little movie video game sphere that we live in here. So we got a ton of topics that we're going to try to get through here today. And uh, joining me to get through these topics here is none other than John Knight. How are you doing today, John? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, uh rick uh rick who is normally here with us so he's not feeling too well today not covid related he's just got a headache so he decided to <laughs> he decided to take the day off here so it's just always be better good. be safe yeah 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 i mean he, he was like upset that he couldn't come and do the show and everything but i was like dude if you're not feeling good yeah just, get better yeah just go get some rest man it's not not a big deal like we can uh the show will go on it's fine <laughs> like we can we just sit here and nerd out for a little bit anyway so it's, it's all fine but uh, before we get into these main topics, guys, don't forget here, you can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestanduneducated at gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that sorts of fun stuff. We did uh, check out, too. We're going to have, I'm probably going to be streaming some Demon Souls coming up here, too, because I got I got a hook up here. Someone you may know who got who's able to get me a, a PS5 in hand. So I'll have that tomorrow, and uh, you know, courtesy of Mr. John Knight, he had an extra. One. Now I'm gonna have one because that was uh, I, I did the click put in my cart thing for at like the <laughs> all three or four times when Walmart had them go on sale because I was an idiot and didn't think about pre-ordering them when they first you know pre-order sales went on. So I was trying to get one from Walmart, and that was just uh, I won't bore you with the story, but it didn't work out too well. Didn't work out. I've too heard, well. I've heard, I've heard from lots of people. It's just been brutal. Trying to try to get your hands on one of these new consoles. Yeah, I was I was really lucky. I mean, I, 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 my initial one, the one that you're getting, like that was just my impulse. Like, okay, it's there. I'm buying it. I don't care what it comes with because I just mm -hmm. want to have it. And then later on, I found that second bundle that I did want that came with all the like the actual games I wanted and stuff. So that's why I ended up with the two. But yeah, pretty did. pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because well, me, like, uh, like I was telling you, like I, t I just play, I play all my games on PC. So, like for the past, I haven't got a console at launch since the Nintendo Wii. Like that's oh, yeah. what it was, and I that's the wow. only one that I've gotten at launch. Because like I just, I didn't care about anything on launch. Like time, I would always, I have like a PS3 and I have a PS4, but I never, I never got the Xbox One. I stopped at the Xbox 360 because their exclusives were just. Why would I play? Most of their offerings were all on PC, and then their exclusives. Halo kind of took a bomb, like they were never very fun after Halo Three, in my opinion. And then, yeah. uh, you know, like Gears of War, I never really got into all that much. Like it was fun, I enjoyed it, but it was nothing I ever really felt like needing to come back to. So, like I don't know. That's where uh, I like Microsoft I, needs some better exclusives. They, they don't got anything yeah. going on right now. I probably would have been okay skipping the Xbox launch this time. Um, but I have some other buddies that I play some stuff with and they were getting them. And so in order to keep up with the Joneses there, I, uh, went ahead and jumped on that one too. But, but the, I had to get the PS5. I had to get Miles, uh, Miles Spider-Man. So 
um, oh, yeah. that, that was the one I was real concerned with and came through. So yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking <clears> forward to. That's what PS fives like popping off with their like release exclusives. Like they got miles and demon souls, probably yeah. something else too, but it was the only two I care about. But then like, cause that's the thing I never worried about well, pre-ordering they, it because I was really only thinking God of war, like, cause I yeah. want to play that, but that's not coming out probably for like a year. So yeah. I didn't think anything of it. But then like, I completely forgot and didn't realize that uh, Miles Morales and Demon's Souls were launch titles. I just assumed yeah. they weren't. But lo and behold, they were there. So by the time I realized that, they were sold out. Of it. Yeah. So, But we'll stop boring you with all the PS5 <laughs> talks. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who weren't able to get their hands on it, too. So I don't want to bum anybody out by any means. It, yeah, if you were, keep the faith. I mean, we've got Black Friday coming up. we got a lot of days between now and Christmas. I, I'm sure both Xbox and PlayStation are going to be trying to flood the market and trying to fill that need that's out there. So just keep at it. Yeah, Things will happen. And don't go out and pay tr double, triple the price for oh, it. God. Dude, just wait. Like The only yeah. time that you would need to do that is if like your career depends on you having one. But I feel like if your <laughs> career depended on you having one, you probably would have already gotten one by now. Like, you know what I mean? You, you would have had a yeah. way to get one. So don't don't do that. Just wait. They'll be out. Hopefully, hopefully as soon as Black Friday. If not, I'm sure there'll be more available come Christmas. So yeah, just hold out for it. Hold out for it. But anyway, let's get into our main topics here today, today, guys. And our first main topic is going to be about the Snyder Cut. A ton of news has come out uh, about the uh, Snyder Cut. A couple things that I'm very excited about. There's mainly one thing that I'm really excited about. Another thing I'm kind of confused about in some ways. But uh, first off, the kind of bigger story of everything, uh, at least with these four Snyder Cut kind of tidbit topics here, uh, it brings us to Zack Snyder recently did an interview, and he said that of all the, well, recently too, just to backtrack two seconds, uh, we got like word here within the last couple of weeks, and we covered it on the show and everything that like Jared Leto was going to be returning uh, for the Joker to reprise his role as the Joker from Suicide Squad. He never showed up in like Justice League or anything like that, but he was going to be reprising his role as the Joker. For the Snyder Cut, so he was actually going to be coming in and doing some uh, like additional photography with Jared Leto and Joe Maggianello. So he was going to be going back up as Deathstroke, and he did make a an appearance at the end, you know, post kind of credit scene of the original uh, Justice League that came out in theaters mm -hmm. and everything. But then there was also another story that they were Zach was going to be doing additional photography in general for the show. So like I think even like Amber Heard came back and did some shots where with for uh, the Snyder Cut, and then a lot of the original cast members were also coming back to do some. So they did some stuff with uh, Flash, Cyborg. Uh, I think even Gal. Uh, I I don't know if there was ever confirmation that Ben and Henry came back to do anything, but. Nearly everybody in the original Justice League came back to do some sort of additional photography. But uh, Zach said in this recent interview that amidst the, all the four hours of you know the Snyder Cut miniseries is going to be, only about four minutes of it, just four minutes, four to five minutes, I guess he technically says, is going to be additional photography for the entire movie. Which I found pretty like interesting because... Like I just went off the the list of all the people they brought back to do additional <laughs> photography. 
I mean, only four minutes, four to five minutes seems like a very small amount. Like what? Uh... It's a lot of money and a lot of effort on the part of uh, WB and, and everybody else to get everybody back together for four minutes of footage. Yeah, and I can't imagine. I don't like. I never expected them to come back and do additional photography and have like an hour's worth of footage with these people. Like I figured it'd be a very small amount. But once yeah. we started hearing all these things about, like, Jared Leto and Joe Maganiello in particular, like, two people who weren't even in the original cut, once I got heard that, like, they were coming back, I assumed we were looking at at least 10, 20 minutes of new footage, because, like, elsewise, I think I even said on the show before when that news first came out, like, what is the point of, like, A, bringing them back for just, like, a quick little throwaway tidbit, but B... If they have no plans to continue doing anything with like Jared Leto's Joker in like a Ben Affleck Batman movie or something or another Suicide Squad movie, because we know he's not going to be in, we don't know for sure, but there's been, don't know if there's been confirmation that he's going to make any sort of appearance in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but I'm pretty sure he's not. So, like, my whole thing was why would Jared Leto and Joe Maganiello even bother coming back? To like reprise the roles of Joker and Deathstroke, if they essentially aren't going to be able to do anything else with those characters going forward, like the Deathstroke yeah. movie essentially is dead, and then the Joker and Harley Quinn movies like pretty much been dead. There's been no no news on that coming out, so it's just odd. So I figured, you know, with them coming back in particular, that there'd probably be I don't know a decent amount of footage with them. And, it's just like, and once you get to all the people that came, they came back for, it, just four minutes just seems like such a small amount. Oh. It does. Um, here's the one thing that I thought when I, when I first heard this and I started thinking through, like, the, like we were talking about, like, why do you bring all these people back? Why, why? I mean, really, is four minutes worth it? And I'm wondering if the key word in that whole thing isn't the, the four minutes of, quote, new footage. Um, I don't know that all the principal photography had been finished when Zach initially left the project. So I'm curious if maybe by new footage, they're referring to maybe additional scenes or additional dialogue that was not supposed to be in his original cut and that he went back to and, and threw in some extra stuff when he was given the opportunity to expand the movie and make it basically a four hour um, long movie if he decided oh well here I wanted to flesh out this scene a little more th this scene over here a little more and and went ahead and, and added four minutes to what he originally wanted to shoot but then they also needed to do some pickup shots on um, some of the footage that he had done previously but hadn't been able to finish because of the timing of when he left the project so I, I'm thinking maybe that's the case. That that makes more sense to me to bring all these people back in and and set up all these other shoots and sets and stuff, um, rather than just hey, I want to have these additional four minutes in the movie. Right. No, I agree. I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, I could totally see that being the case. I just figure at least with my guess here, and I, I'm I was trying to find another uh, story here because it just reminded me that this was going to be happening too. Because in another interview Zach did recently. He was talking about um, actually doing, like, he said, like, the plans were there. He knows where the story picks up after Justice yep. League 1. So he essentially, like, there is, cause from the start, there was, Justice League was always supposed to be a two-part thing. Yeah. Um, that obviously seemed to be dead, like, ever since, you know, Zach 
left the first film and Joss Whedon came in and, you know, blah, 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 everybody knows that story. Um, so we never really assumed there would ever, we'd ever see that, but, so, I mean, I don't know. Is it, I'd like to see it. I don't know if it's ever going to be possible at this point, but he was just I, talking about it. Yeah, I saw that same interview, that same article that covered that, and, and it really seemed like he was opening the door to... If if this works, if, if WB is happy with the returns with the viewers uh, on HBO Max for this series or for his cut of Justice League, it really seems like he was opening the door to say, "Hey, let's let's run it back and let's finish out the story that I had in my head." Um, yeah. Which I'm all for. If they want to do a Dark Side War, uh, hey, bring it on. Oh, I know. I'd love because that's the thing that kind of bums me out too. Because we know Dark Side is was supposed to be in that whole scene where Steppenwolf comes in and uh, it's like the flashback scene where he's fighting the Amazons and the Greek yeah. gods and all that stuff. That's actually Darkseid in his cut. And we've seen yeah. like teases of that happening. And this is supposed to be Darkseid, pre-Darkseid, like before he actually mm -hmm. takes on the mantle of Darkseid. And uh, yeah, Darkseid's like my favorite character, so I'd love to see more of it fleshed out. And I could totally see them doing it if this thing is, for one... I'd say just if it's successful in some way, if it brings in viewership and brings in subscribers, they already put 70 plus million into letting him finish this thing. So, yeah. I mean, if it's successful enough, I, I know there was a recent article that came out um, that that Disney Plus in their first year, they're up to like 73 million subscribers or something, which is about either double or maybe even triple what HBO has, HBO Max has, which is kind of shocking. Just yeah. shocking just because Disney Plus hasn't had any anything like new content-wise other than The Mandalorian. And I mean, yeah. so it's like that catalog obviously did wonders for them because HBO Max, even though they've been only around for a couple months at this point, they have put out like a lot more original series and everything than... They have. They have I, I think the one thing that Disney has going for them is they have that kid content. The young, uh, a lot, a lot of families are going to be more inclined, I think, to grab Disney Plus than they would HBO Max. Um, so I think that helps them. And, and then Disney Plus has had there, they have had a, a little drought of content, but they also had some things right when they jumped off. I mean, they had the High School Musical show, which isn't necessarily in my wheelhouse but uh there were a lot of people that were happy about that and then they had the lady in the tramp live action movie that went straight to them and and so they've had some things um that, that definitely i think is are, are more family oriented and maybe got some more families to buy into their service yeah i mean like the, their catalog though i can't like obviously i think the yeah. catalog kind of speaks for itself that's obviously i think sure. they're selling but realistically too could you imagine how much how much how much bigger do you think they could be if they would have actually been on track to have Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision? Oh, God. Already, yeah. like, cause they were, those two things were already supposed to have come out. So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if they definitely, I think, would have been probably closer to like 100 million at this point if they were able to get sure. 70 million off the backs of Mandalorian and the catalog for the most part. I mean, if those Marvel Yeah, when you, when you out, have a show. Yeah, when you have a show with established characters and people just, especially coming out like right after Endgame, I mean, 
can you imagine if they would have had Falcon and Winter Soldier ready to go right after the end of Endgame? Because everybody wants to know, okay, where is the Marvel Universe going now? I mean, Endgame ended with we lost Tony and we lost Steve, and, and what's going to happen next? I mean, you know, uh, Falcon gets the shield, Sam gets the shield, and what, what does that mean? And, you know, th those answers hopefully are coming in that series, but it would have, you know, but now, I mean, the, the flip side of that is, we haven't had any MCU content for over a year. Yeah. The first time in the first time in what a decade almost that we haven't had new MCU content for over a year, and maybe that 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 thirst for that new content will uh, drive a lot of subscribers once those shows are ready to go. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. Like now that Black Widow was pushed out, we're we've gone our a full year at this point MCU route on top of all that. So. Uh I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I'm, I'm feeling the Joe's yeah. in it. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, too, like we talked about last week, the the Avengers game didn't really fill in that void too well. You know, like, it's pretty hit yeah. and miss. And you'd think, like, eh, maybe it could have satiated some of that hunger, but it didn't, I don't know, it didn't seem to really, didn't seem to turn out that way for the masses, unfortunately. So, yeah. and then other than that, uh, with the Snyder Cut thing, we got a couple more... Uh, couple more little tidbits here that was like the main media snyder cut uh topic but we got an image uh of dark side here speaking of uh dark side himself here this was another another shot of him that came out here on a tv show or not tv show a t-shirt you see where my brain's at right now so we got this really <laughs> yeah. Re really cool look at him i was actually really i thought that was he looks awesome there he looks like the classic dark side that i was really hoping we'd get to see at some point so so that's why like i really hope i hope it takes off and just i hope they can somehow justify and bring everybody back to do a, a follow-up just so we get more more dark side you know I mean? yeah like a justice league 2 just to see more dark side and not to mention a uh martian manhunter little image so this was like i, t I told you what and i've said this before from the start after i saw man of steel i wanted uh, Harry Lennox's character to be Martian Manhunter. It made the most sense to, to, to ever, as soon as I saw him and I, that movie played out, I was like, yep. that dude needs to be Martian Manhunter. It's absolutely yep. perfect. Like the way he's just, just everything he did with Clark and everything, how just like, you know, not caring, I don't know, just like kind of chill with him. Like he was just chill with him sure. all the time. He was always on Clark's yeah. side with it. And he, you know, I mean, it's just, it just made the most sense for like, yeah, that dude should definitely be almost, almost looking out for him. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I'm super glad that uh, Zach was on the same page with me on that, and like I guess had that plan from the start. So like we got a little tease. Mm -hmm. so I don't because that's another thing too with like only this four minutes of stuff. This, you know, four minutes like they, they're supposed to have Martian Manhunter in it too, and like all these other things. Like the the four or five minutes thing is kind of blows my mind with all this stuff. Yeah, and that's why, and that's why I think that four or five minutes. I think that's new stuff that he wrote. I think that's additional scenes that were not in his original script. Um, that he for for now that he has the freedom to expand it out, has decided that he wants to shoot. <clears throat> maybe they're just maybe it's maybe it's a little bit more, and he's just like kind of teasing it. Like yeah, four or five minutes, but then we see it's like twenty, thirty minutes. Like who knows? I don't know. <laughs> We end up we end up getting a bonus fifth hour of the Justice yeah. League series. Well, it's like I was saying before, though, too. Even with uh, like with Jared Leto in particular coming back, what nowhere does the Joker fit into the Justice League story that we got? No. And like 
Yes, the standard cut is different than what we got in Justice League, but the meat and bones of the movie is essentially the same. Like, because Joss didn't really get to change all that much of it. They essentially just cut a ton of stuff out and reshot a couple things, shortened it up, and that was it. But the meat and potatoes of the invasion happening and all that stuff, that's the story still. I mean, there's obviously going to be more to it, but I was just like, there's no way, like, Joker like would have too much screen time in this movie because, like, he's just fit in against like joker fighting parademons like or you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense deathstroke you could kind of make an argument that he could hold his own with everything but like he still doesn't Do you... really fit into the, the story yeah now that way. you're talking now that you're talking about that all that it makes me wonder if that isn't if he's not really if he was if those two weren't brought back to do an expanded after credit scene like That's maybe that I'm credit thinking. scene on the yeah because yeah. i which been... still that'd be cool i'm I'd love to see it. Yeah, like my guess, like from the start with that was like I really didn't see why they would come back because like they don't really fit into the story unless they were going to be setting like the Ben Affleck Batman solo movie up. Like there yeah. were rumors that like that was actually going to be happening, just unsubstantiated rumors and everything. But that's really the only thing that ever made sense to me for those two characters, particularly making any sort of appearance in this Justice League movie would specifically be to set up something else. Like, even if it's not the Ben Affleck Batman movie, that's just what makes the most sense for those two characters, being that it's Joker and Deathstroke. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I just don't know why else it would really be in there. I don't know what the... I In my mind, I, obviously I'm not Zack Snyder. I didn't work on the movie and know anything about what his kind of movie is, but I just don't know where they fit into it. Like, unless, like I said, setting something else up. But speaking of Joker... The last uh, story we had here was this uh, producer was on uh, uh, producer of uh, what was it Justice League or BVS one of the two came out and uh, started talking about the initial plans for like how Joker would have killed Robin and in the in the little tweet here they say if Zack and David stick with the story of having Joker brutally beat Robin to death and then set his body on fire there is no doubt in my mind that it happened at Wayne Manor and that's why the house looked like that which would make sense. Like, if that's yep. how it was uh, supposedly going to be. And uh, and they went on to say that uh, Joker would probably know who Batman is at that point. And uh, that's... This is one thing, too, where, like, I really wish... Because I've always said that, uh, like, they didn't need to for, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance. Right? A lot of people say that, like, Justice League failed because they didn't, like, set up everybody with their own individual movies first. Yeah. I don't... that That's not true because... Like, Guardians of the Galaxy didn't need a Star-Lord movie and a Drax movie and all this stuff for, for Guardians of the Galaxy to work. You know what I mean? If and saying, they're nobody knows who they are. Like, exactly. So, but the one thing that I think really would have, in some ways, worked better for at least the character of Ben Affleck's Batman, and maybe even Zack Snyder, because I felt like BVS was more of a Batman movie than anything. And the fact that we were getting such like a, a it's not, not like an ex, you know, drastically different take, but it's a, a different take on Batman than anyone was really used to on screen, obviously. And when I feel like this event, like I feel like Zach should have made a Batman movie because I felt like yeah. the, the stuff that he brought to Ben's Batman, like MBVS in particular, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But if they would have been able to set that up a little bit better and, like, explain how Robin died and, like, all these things, because you see this stuff, but you have no context for it. You just get some 
a couple lines from Ben, you know, Ben's Bruce saying that they've been doing this for 20 years and like he's, you know, just just get like kind of throwaway lines that kind of describe where he's at mentally. But mm-hmm. if they could have expanded on that and you actually saw that kind of play out and then you go into BVS, I feel like that would have been a lot more compelling. Yeah. In my opinion. I, and then No, I, I agree. Like, show me, don't tell me. Like, yeah. I, I want to see this stuff. I if I'm gonna be invested in this character, I want to take that journey with him and know like what he's going through. Don't just tell me, hey, yeah, this guy's been beaten down by life. I mean, we've seen plenty of Batman go through stuff that doesn't break him. So why did this why did this why did these series of events break this particular iteration of Batman? Exactly. And with uh, and obviously like it's uh we're left to assume and it makes sense that the death of Robin would have been something that would definitely push him over the edge. But yeah. Like you said, and it's like the rule number one of like good storytelling, and at least in movies, is show don't tell. Like mm-hmm. that's that is like rule number one for making a movie. So, and this is something that was hopefully like in the uh, Batman or Ben Affleck Batman like spinoff movie. If if that were to ever happen, this is something I would hope that they would actually like kind of expand upon. Yeah, if they do in any way. It would just, it would honestly make the whole experience of like going back and watching BVS, you know, just the whole Snyderverse of movies. Like it would kind of make it a much kind of like cleaner experience when you have a little bit more of this information. Plus, Ben Affleck directing a Batman movie is more than likely going to be great on its own because he's a phenomenal director. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to just kind of wait and see on what kind of happens with that because, like I said, unless. Unless they decide to do that Ben Affleck Batman movie, I don't know if we'll ever get anything else on the whole Robin situation, but I don't know. You got anything else you want to add on that? Because that was the last of the Snyder Cut uh, topics here. No, well, actually, the one thing we didn't talk about that I saw just recently, and it's not a huge thing, but I did see that Amber Heard um, confirmed that she is coming back. Uh, to yeah. do some scenes in the movie. Apparently there was, uh, there, there is, there is not a past tense, there currently is a petition up on change.org for uh, her removal um, right. based on based on her domestic issues with Johnny Depp and the fallout from some of that, which um, I, was, I was surprised to hear. But anyway, she, she confirmed that she is coming back. So it looks like they're, they've got all the original cast back together. Yeah. Um, to, to fill this out and you know what i'm saying that wrong she's coming back for aquaman too no no she, uh, she come back for is she doing justice league too she did, yeah because the petition okay. though from what i heard these all these petitions going around was for her to be removed from aquaman too that's and, what it, okay that's where i'm getting it. confused okay yeah, nobody yeah, was saying right. anything and i was because i saw those petitions everything going around and i saw some other people say that like they were, for, oddly enough, only petitioning for the Aquaman 2 thing and not, okay. like, no one was petitioning Zach, even though he went back to shoot stuff for that. And I, my main okay. thought was that people didn't know, like, they just didn't even know that uh, she did, she had already gone back and shot those scenes. For, yeah, for okay. Zach and uh, Justice League. And, like, with that, too, not to get into, like, the TMZ drama, but, like, I honestly feel like it's kind of odd that people are even doing it because like. Sure. I, I, I you know, know, it's just like, she's not the one who lost the case that just happened. So it's like, yeah, 
I, not it, that I'm like saying she should be or shouldn't be. It's just weird. Like, and like we were talking about with Johnny Depp last week, I mean, this is like a domestic thing between these two people. There, there's there. If there is a third party that should be involved in this thing, it's police or law enforcement. Beyond that, like, I just I, I don't know. I don't know why the court of public opinion for either side, her or him, yeah. is it, it feels like it needs to weigh in on this situation. Like, if you like her movies and you like her acting, go see her. If you don't, don't. If you, same for him. If you like what he's doing, go see it. If you don't, don't. But like the, the this this outside world coming in and, and having such an impact on these fantasy worlds just seems very strange to me. No, it's um, super weird. Like so. I don't know. It's it, it's kind of thing too. Is I don't know. It's just. I mean, it's a sensitive subject, and I get that. But it's just like, it's just so weird to me that like she's getting so much backlash over something that like she because like, neither one well, of them yeah, it, criminal <laughs> charges either. It's, it's not like no. It's like a personal thing. Like Johnny Depp lost the UK suit about the like a libel thing, saying that you know he was essentially slandered against. So like mm-hmm. the, the court said that you know. Based on the evidence, they they go in support of Amber Heard, and it looks like everything that he was accused of is, in their words, substantively true. But then yeah. Amber Heard gets all this backlash, and it's like, it's yeah. just it's so odd to me because it's like you think it'd be the other way around, but it's like sure. just because it's Johnny Depp and like people love Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp is a great actor and stuff. I love Johnny Depp; and he's, he's great in all his movies. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk to him about him here. Something else with the Grindelwald stuff. Another story coming up. But like, it's just super odd how that is like playing out because like you just think it would be reversed. Like very much. Like it's just so odd to me. Like I don't this know. is this is one of the first times that I can recall where I've heard at least at least I'm sure it's happened before, and I'm sure I just am not aware of it. It's one of the first times I recall hearing like both sides of a domestic dispute being kind of looked at and told, you know, we don't want you around anymore because you were involved with this thing. And, you know, so it's, Oh yeah. And that's another thing too. So like the news came out like last week that, uh, Johnny and Johnny Depp put out a statement saying that he was uh, going to be leaving, you know, the Harry Potter franchise as Grindelwald. He was stepping away from that because Warner brothers asked him to, cause like apparently, Warner Brothers had done their own investigation into this, mm-hmm. you know, Amber Heard domestic dispute Johnny Depp drama, and they didn't like what they found. Like, I don't, no one's came out from Warner Brothers to say that, like, they, like, what it was, but, like, there were inside sources at Warner Brothers saying that they had done their own internal investigation, and they essentially were just waiting for an actual court to come out and say something. And then once, once the court made something public, that's when they were going to like publicly part ways with Johnny Depp on the whole thing. So like, it's really odd that like everyone, like another thing that makes it odd is that, uh, cause people are making these petitions and everything for Amber Heard to be removed. But like, cause like these petitions are to, to Warner brothers to remove her from Aquaman and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. But like Warner brothers has already done their own investigation on it. Like yeah. on their end, they're removing Johnny Depp because they didn't like what they found in that situation. So it's just like, I think it like honestly just comes down to, and I understand why, because Johnny Depp is a huge fan base and beloved by a lot of people. But like, I think that's really all it comes down to is people are kind of like disillusioned by what they're seeing 
Like, they don't have the whole story. I don't have the whole story either. I'm not defending Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. I'm just saying from a completely unbiased third party looking in on the situation, it's just, I don't know, people just looking at it with, like, foggy glasses. Like, they're only seeing what they want to sure. see. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. If the court cases are saying something, they're the ones who are seeing all the evidence. Like, Warner Brothers did their own internal investigation. They're seeing a ton more evidence than any of us are. Like none of and none of us should even see any of that shit. Like it's yeah, all, we don't have access to that. Yeah, yeah and we shouldn't. Like because like you were saying, this is like this is a personal domestic like civil suit, and it's kind of unfortunate and mm-hmm. that they're both like in the public about it to begin with. Because like I'm sure that like sure nobody out there would want to have their civil domestic personal life made public just because you're yeah. a public figure. You know, there's some things that yeah. like you don't want televised. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the like, wife and the husband that you see yelling at each other in the parking lot of the grocery store. It's like you, you know, like what if what if random paparazzi just started following them like back to their house and like you know they're they started releasing statements to the press and like nobody cares because it's you know Joe Schmo and Lucy Schmo and you know but but and because this one they happen to make movies there it becomes this public. It's a very public thing, so right. very and odd. It, and it's unfortunate for both because, like, in the end, like, it obviously depends on the degree of, like, how bad everything was. In every, Like, in, in any case, like, it's always a shame if someone's, like, entire career is, like, lost because of just one bad day kind of thing. Because that's the thing. Sure. It's like if... You know, if, if somehow, you know, if, let's say every all this stuff that Amber Heard is accusing Johnny Depp of is all true, mm-hmm. then it's like... It's like, who's to say if it's never happened ever up until then, does it make him completely irredeemable? Does it, because well, I mean, it doesn't replace like how bad the action was by any means at all. Like you should never physically abuse your wife or in, like, definitely not. Shouldn't really hurt anybody like that. But it's like, kind of like the criminal system in general. Like you go and you serve your time and you're supposed to, that's your penance. And then you released back in society and it's like but does it undo all the good that you've done and should you never be allowed to do any good after that you know it's this it's a sticky situation very very much so i you know we 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 live in a society where we have a judicial system and a justice system that's set up to for the most part offer rehabilitation and redemption for for people to get them back integrated into society in in a purposeful and meaningful way um, but society more and more seems to be trending the opposite direction, which is, you know, you make a mistake, you mess up, um, that scarlet letter hangs around your neck until, you know, until society moves on to whatever else comes next, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Like I, I, none of it makes sense to me, like I said, because I'm not a part of it and I don't really think anybody should try to make sense of it. And I don't think anybody who's completely outside of it should be asking for anybody anybody's career to be over it has nothing to do with anybody like it's like you yeah. said if you don't like if you don't like the situation then don't support amber heard like if you don't it's, yeah. it's, it's that simple if you don't like the situation then don't support johnny depp like it's just don't support yeah. him anymore it's perfectly fine you don't have to read the tmz article about it and get mad just don't support mm-hmm. them yep move on so but anyways Let's move on to our next topic on that note. So uh, let's uh, let this. I know we just covered a lot of stuff, guys, but with all the Snyder cut and everything, 
Let us know like what you think. Do you think it's really only going to be four to five minutes? Like that's kind of the big question I have now. What what is the point of bringing all these, you know, especially people who weren't even in the original Snyder Cut, like your Jared Leto's, your your Joe Maganiello's, like all these people? What's the point of bringing them back only for four to five minutes of footage? It seems like, you know, maybe there'd be a little bit more than that. So let us know what you guys think of all this down in the comments section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here keeps us in the world of DC, but it's kind of in the new. I don't know if it's even still going to be the DCEU after this, but it's the non-Snyderverse in some ways, although it still kind of is a Snyderverse in a lot of ways. But it's the, the, the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie. We heard a while back that they were going to be having a... John Cena Peacemaker spinoff, and I don't believe before this that we had any confirmation whether it was going to be a prequel or follow-up afterwards. I know we were speculating before, like, does this mean, you know, Peacemaker's not going to die? Because uh, I guess they could still do a spinoff if it's a prequel, but uh, it's essentially been confirmed at this point that uh, it's actually, it is going to be a prequel series. And on another note with this, I think it was just last week. Well, I didn't know it was earlier this week when uh, the uh, Xbox came out because uh, James Gunn put out a tweet uh, thanking Microsoft for the Xbox and everything, and he said that he was currently in uh, Canadian quarantine, uh, not because he's sick or anything, but because if you cross border into Canada now, you have to quarantine for 14 days. They take you to like a you know offsite facility for everybody to quarantine. But uh, the Xbox, uh, the new Xbox, is keeping him company there. But he said he was there because they're about to start filming on this series so like very quickly this thing's already about to be you know underway which is pretty exciting in a lot of ways like they're moving pretty quick on it so i don't know if it's they're moving quick on it because they really like what they see which i assume they did if it was worth giving uh john cena's character his own series about it so i'm assuming they really liked everything they were seeing of him and the character as uh, mm -hmm. they were shooting the suicide squad movie and like I said, too, the question is still up in the air of like how connected this is really going to be to the original Suicide Squad movie. Because the people, there are returning characters to it, but it seems that ever since you know Justice League happened, that DC has been really focusing on standalone movies and not even really referencing anything of that, you know, that world as a whole. So I'm curious to see where this all comes to at that point. And then there's uh, some more news. Uh, that we got Robert Patrick's going to be in the series, which is always great to see him. And then uh, kind of the more interesting thing here is that uh, Vigilante is going to be making an appearance in the show. So, John, I know you had some words uh, about this. What, what are your thoughts on them getting started on this and then uh, the news of the cast and some of the characters that are going to be coming out in the series? Well, I find it, I don't know if funny is the right word. I find it's funny that... It, <laughs> We found out this week that it's going to be an origin uh, story for John Cena's character. Um, we were just talking about, you know, uh, James Gunn talking about no one was off limits to kill. So, so right. yeah, we could we could throw John Cena's character right back in that mix of possible Absolutely. characters to be killed. This series doesn't mean he'll be sticking around at all. Um, so that's. That's one name we can't scratch off that list. It might even be more likely that he dies now that we know this is a prequel. But, that's true. That's true. Know. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited actually to see the vigilante character. Uh, vigilante is a very small, very much lesser known character from DC Comics, but um, I always liked the character in the in the in the short little pop ups that he would have in com in the comics. And um, I'm really interested to see what they do with him here. He appeared, I think, in like one, maybe two episodes 
of the Arrow TV show. Um, again, yeah. that's that's the way he's used. He's used in these small little pop-ups in comics and, and uh, TV shows so far. So I'm curious with him being kind of announced as part of the cast, if he's going to be like a, a main player in this. Um, I would I would venture to say that he's a more well-known character than Peacemaker is. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how they play all that out um, when the show comes around. But I'm excited for it. I, I think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be fun. Um, I, I think James Gunn's humor and sensibilities lend itself to a pretty entertaining show. Um, just, just curious how they're going to play it out. How much of the show he's going to be responsible and involved with? If he's going to be like a like kind of the overall story, the the the, uh, how the show is going to play itself out over the series of episodes, or if he's really going to get down in the nitty gritty and write some of the episodes himself or direct some of them. Well, he wrote the entire script for it. So he did oh, really? from that. And yeah, so I don't know at this okay. point if he's only going, because a lot of times you'll have these, uh, for TV in particular, and I know this is kind of a special thing because it's on HBO Max and, you know, streaming services sometimes do things a bit differently with their series. Like you know, in a lot of cases, like we're seeing with uh, the upcoming Obi-Wan series, they have one showrunner for the whole thing. Who's going to be directing all of the episodes for it, whether that's four or eight episodes, we don't really know yet, but uh, most of the time in TV, like we see with Mandalorian, you have your showrunner, but different directors come in and film like each episode, especially for like network television. But with streaming, it's been a lot different. Like you get, you can have these people come in and, film the whole thing kind of like they would film a movie so you can have the same director there the entire time to do the whole thing so that's kind of the question uh but a lot of times though these showrunners so you'll have people come in like your james gunn film the first episode actually direct the first episode set the tone for the rest of the series and other directors can come in but with him actually going you know to the set here assuming in vancouver where dc notoriously shoots most of their uh you know CW shows are always shooting there, so I'm assuming they're going to Vancouver to do this. Um, but with him actually going to be there on set to start the production, I'm kind of curious if he's actually going to be filming and directing the entire series at this point, or if he's just going to be doing like that first episode and then off he goes. So we'll just have to wait and kind of see at this point. I would say that I'd almost like to just see him do the whole thing, because like James Gunn has his own sensibilities, and if this is, you know a character he kind of created and brought to the screen for the Suicide Squad movie. I'd, I'd like to just see him kind of just keep it going, you know? But I don't, we'll just have to wait and kind of see. And the only other thing with Vigilante, he made, uh, I think, the most appearances, at least, at least I don't know, what I'm most familiar with him with was in uh, the Justice League animated series. So he was actually That's in right. that, like, quite a bit. Like, he didn't yeah. have, like, a ton to do. But that was kind of the most that, like, I don't know, I'd ever really seen him have to do like other than just kind of popping up here and there like he actually had a couple things where he was like the main guy in that episode like so yeah it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do with him so I could I'm, curious, I'm curious to how is this is this a like a mini series I, I know they've said it's a series mm -hmm. but they haven't said, like they haven't definitively said it's a mini series they haven't said it's an ongoing um I wonder if you know they're going to try and hold off until they see what the reception is before they commit to doing more, or if it's going to be like Watchmen, where 
Gunn has a James Gunn has a story in mind, and if it works, it works. And then, but he's done after it's over, and they're gonna lay lay leave it to rest. I don't know. I, the only thing I can think of is if it's if it like pops off and it's just like great, and it's gonna be I think maybe more difficult. It depends on the time frame, I guess. I was gonna say it could be more difficult if they kill him off in the movie for them to continue it on. But at the same time, if they say this is set ten years before that movie, that gives them a lot of time to play with. If this thing pops off and they want to keep doing more, sure. So. I'm interested to see where it goes. Like I assume too, with uh, my only guess here with Vigilante, just knowing how he's been used, is that he's going to be like a foil to a peacemaker in some way, or maybe someone who <laughs> kind of shows him the ropes of like vigilanteism, you know, or something. Yeah. Know. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. But I'm I'm super excited. The only other thing is I I, I really love John Cena's comedic timing. Like he, yes. you know, there are some things uh, like in uh, I think it was Sisters. Uh, with uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I think it was called Sisters, yep. but like he was amazing in that. Like he came in as just like this big steroid like drug dealer dude, and like just <laughs> Google that scene if you've never seen it. Just John Cena and Sisters, it's like the funniest shit, dude. Like so, like I, I'm hoping that like Peacemaker is kind of like that guy, and then like I'm sure I'm gonna love him because like yeah. John Cena nailed that. So that's what I'm looking forward to most, just to see. I've been waiting to. I think uh, he hasn't. John Cena himself hasn't been able to get like a role that kind of like launched his career, like The Rock got as far as movies the, go. The Rock got what Scorpion King and and The Mummy that kind of set him on his action path. Yeah, yeah. And he's and, only John Cena, you're right. Yeah, and John Cena, I, I feel like you know, given these opportunities, I mean, from everything I've heard too, all the advanced buzz about Suicide Squad is that he is. He could possibly be a show stealer for this movie. Like, yeah, I don't doubt. Lots that. of lots of praise for how good he is. At least advanced praise for how good he is in Suicide Squad. So, yeah, I mean, no one else has gotten their own spinoff series yet. So, I mean, it, it, it's go. safe to say he probably does steal the movie. So, speaking of which, for the Scorpion, this isn't one of our main topics by any means, but uh, I saw something come up on this with Scorpion King. Now that you mention it, The Rock put out a tweet recently that he was going to be like producing another Scorpion King. Related a reboot thing. of it yeah yeah it didn't I, confirm I whether or not he was gonna be reprising the role but he has uh like a writer on staff or something his production company is gonna be backing it so i think i think he's on board to reboot it but i don't think he was going to be playing the role i i i didn't read the article real close but i think those were the little highlights i got out of it mm-hmm. or the little bullet, bullet points that they had so um but yeah i did see that they might be Trying to bring that back. Yeah, which is weird. Like, of all the things, it's kind of weird. Because, I mean, they yeah. have... For one, his first CGI appearance in The Mummy 2, I think it was. God-awful. Mm-hmm. It was god-awful. Then the, the Scorpion King movie that he actually did, like, it wasn't a very good. Like, it wasn't all that good. But, funnily enough, I really like those Mummy movies. Like, I was kind of yeah. bummed when... Uh, they brought the mummy right. back with Tom Cruise, and it didn't have any of those sensibilities. I know they were going for something completely different, but sure, I don't know. Brendan Fraser and like the whole cast of like those movies, man, like they, I thought those were they had fun. Movies. Yeah, they were fun yeah. movies. Unlike yeah. the most recent Mummy, that really wasn't. It was so dry and bland. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
story for another time. So let's uh, let's move on to our next topic here. But first, guys, let us know what you think about this peacemaker stuff. And um, you know, they're 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 moving quick on it. Like I said, they're going to be actually starting production here in about a week because uh, it's been about a week worth of the quarantine for him, uh, James Gunn at this point. So they're they're moving really quick on this. And just let us know what you guys think of you know the inclusion of vigilante and. Um, uh, the Terminator 2 guy, uh, Robert Patrick coming back, like or not coming back, but making a having a role in it. Because I always love to see Robert Patrick; he's great. He doesn't, he doesn't get enough work sometimes. I, he, he's, I mean, he's definitely been great. Uh, he was super great in Terminator 2. I mean, obviously, <laughs> but like I feel like yep. he just pops up in little things here and there ever since then. And I just always love seeing him on the screen. So I'm totally, totally hyped to see him come back. So let us know what you guys think of all this stuff down in the comment section below. All right, everybody, our next topic here. We're going to shoot across the universe into a galaxy far, far away here. So we have some uh, we have a pretty interesting topic here. And uh, one that, once I read through this and kind of heard what was going on here, it was honestly kind of bummed me out, if I'm not going to, if I'm being totally honest here. So we, we got some, like, I guess, like, confirmation, some news here of what... Uh, the, uh, what George Lucas's plans for what his sequel trilogy was going to be. And it's worth noting here that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, he gave over like all the scripts and, you know, previous stuff he had written for this sequel trilogy. And like, you know, essentially not that they couldn't, but they did because they bought everything from him, but he gave it all to him so they could use it. And if, if they wanted to, right, obviously, especially now that we have, uh, this information, we know that they did not use any of it. And I think George has already came out and said uh, that they didn't use any of that stuff. Like once the sequel Georgia came out, I mean, he obviously knew that uh, he knew what he wrote and what he wrote. is not what was presented to us on screen. And now that we have this information here, John, I'll tell you what, this sounds like a much better, much better, much better movie. <laughs> like not that like I hated everything about the sequel trilogy by any means, but this, this would have been a better series by far. Oh, yeah. This would have been... I mean, it had a lot more potential, that's for sure. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Because uh, just to give it a rundown here, if you guys haven't seen it, so Darth Maul would have been essentially the big bad in this, which I think would have made everybody happy. Because ever since the prequels, I think everybody was pretty bummed out when they introduced such a cool-looking character. And they, they they did what they did with the Emperor with Darth Maul in a lot of ways, like the Emperor from the original trilogy, um, where you didn't really know anything about him. Yeah. Like he was just like an ominous guy there. You knew that it was like powerful and whatnot. And they did Darth Maul had like he had one line, I think. Doesn't he just say yes, master in Phantom Menace and that's it? I don't think he says yeah, anything it's, else. Like Yeah. But he has like no lines. He looks cool as hell. And he's got this dope double-bladed lightsaber. You know, he has this badass fight with, you know, Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. But then they just kill him. Kill him, quote-unquote. I mean, he he lived on in the animated series and everything and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this just would have been so much cooler. So we have Darth Maul being the, the big bad guy, trained a girl Sith uh, who would have been Darth Talon, who uh, was in, like, the comics and everything as, as his apprentice. And um, such a cool name too. It is a great name, yeah. It's super great. But the like George goes on to describe her as essentially being the new Darth Vader, whereas you know Darth Maul takes on the role of being the Emperor. So as soon as like the Empire has fallen, Maul kind of fills the void and takes that power. Which, if you've seen 
the Clone Wars stuff and everything and Rebels, it actually is exactly like what his character would have done. Like you, yeah. like you totally see like that's kind of what he was doing the entire time. Like he takes over Mandalore and everything. Like he he's trying to seize a very similar power. He feels that he was betrayed by Sidious because he was betrayed by Sidious in a lot of ways, and uh, he's trying to seize his own power, make his make it his own empire essentially. Doesn't really get the chance to too much, but you know maybe if he had Darth Talon by his side and the Empire has fallen, he definitely would have been able to do that. Actually, according to George, that's exactly what would have happened. So, and I feel like too, that's a much better, it's much better. I don't know what the ending for this would have been for Maul, obviously, but it would have been better than the ending we got for Maul because he got yeah. kind of got kind of sideswiped and beat by Old Man Kenobi pretty easily. And uh, I would have much rather seen this, even over, like, because I like the stuff they did with Darth Maul and, like, Rebels and everything and the Clone Wars and stuff. Like, it was fine. But it's not as cool as, like, this would have been, in my opinion. Yeah. I know we don't have a lot of information here with it, but... And then uh goes on to say that, like, by the end of the trilogy, Luke would have rebuilt much of the Jedi. Uh, there would have been renewal of the new, a renewal of the New Republic. Princess Leia, Senator, Senator Organa, would, Organa would have became the Supreme Chancellor in charge of everything. And uh, so, in fact, Leia ends up becoming the Chosen One, essentially, according to Lucas, which is super cool as well. Like, mm -hmm. all this is cool. Um, that's pretty much all we really get about it. Like, that, yeah, that's, that's all the info we really have on it. But, like, that's just oh I guess too I guess I should add that uh, Luke Skywalker would have been trying to rebuild the whole Jedi Order from scratch and like training you know a new uh, new new Jedi to do their thing just like uh, Yoda and all them had in the prequels. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this was this would have been really cool, man. And like when I read through this, like obviously, like I was like I said, I was kind of bummed out. Like, I was super bummed out, because we got... Darth Maul has always been one of my favorite characters. Just, just like I said, kind of, when we started this off, he looks cool. They, he was always such a dark and ominous character. I did like the stuff that they did with him in Clone Wars and Rebels, obviously. Like, he's just a great character. He's cool. And, uh... But he, they, they didn't... They didn't use him well, in my opinion, in the prequels. And if George always kind of had some underlying plan to bring him back, then... What they did with him in the prequels kind of makes more sense. Like it, it would have been a lot better. Like, yeah. so I don't know. I was kind of bummed. What What did you think about all this though? I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tan or a rant or a rant or a tangent here. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying. I don't even know. I have so many thoughts and feelings on this. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I know where to start. Uh, first of all, I think yes, if it would have been a much cooler resolution to the the Skywalker saga, as it were, uh, than what we ended up getting. Um, I, 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 there are days I wake up and I feel like it seems like a, uh, there are a lot more, especially since Disney has gotten involved, um, where I wake up and I think. Star Wars should have just ended with Jedi. It should have been those three movies, the original trilogy, and that should have been it. It should have been left alone after that because they were perfect and it left everything alone, and that would that should have been it. And looking back on it now, the prequel trilogy, as much as I, I the issues that it has, I actually still like the second and third one. And the first one, I can make it through just to get the story. Um, 
but and this is this is where I go off on my little trip down memory lane here. But I remember when I was like, I don't know, I must have been. I feel like I was five, but maybe I was six or seven. Who knows? And I remember picking up an issue of Time Magazine because it had Darth Vader on the cover and it had all the Star Wars characters on the cover. And, uh, Time Magazine is not written for a six and seven year old kid. Um, but that magazine was like the most precious thing in the world to me because here's here's Star Wars. This is this is amazing. This entire magazine has got Star Wars in it. And I remember reading in there. I don't remember anything else about it. But I remember reading George Lucas and and him saying there that Star Wars is a nine part story and that we had gotten little did I know. Because I wasn't smart enough at that age to recognize that episode one, that the original Star Wars was actually titled episode four. I I just, it was Star Wars, and then there was Empire, and then there was Jedi. I didn't realize it was episode four, five, and six. Um, and, and so that blew my mind to know that there were there were nine parts to this, this story, and we, I had only seen three of them at that point. Um, so I, I, you know, when, when I the prequels were announced, I was over the moon ecstatic because... Hey, this is I'm starting to get this is what what that seven year old me wanted. He I wanted to know what these other six stories were that were missing from this, and, and we got them. And there were there were you know there are issues with them, but they still felt like Star Wars, and they were still you know they ultimately I think Sith did um, Revenge of the Sith gave us a really cool story about how Anakin became Vader. Um, and my issues aren't with necessarily how the story played out. My issues are more with like the directing and, and the acting, the way it was overacted or not acted as well as maybe I had hoped it would be um, the overuse of CGI. But that's all nitpicky stuff that, that the kid in me doesn't care about. He cares about the story. And I got that. And knowing that there were these, there was this other story out there that involved, involved Darth Maul, a character that had been established in, Phantom Menace, and, and that George has had given Disney the the rest of that story. That 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 seven year old kid who wanted those nine parts. Those nine parts existed out there, and George had them, and he gave them to Disney. And Disney said, "No, nope, we're not doing it. Um, I'm going to have a hard time getting over that." <laughs> and and uh, you know, oh, yeah. I, 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 there, there's a part of me that you know, I, I keep telling myself, and I, I know it's not realistic. But there's a part of me that's always going to hope and pray that maybe one day Disney figures out a way to go back and do them. Maybe one day we'll actually get George's episodes, what, seven, eight, nine. I know it's never going to happen. We've lost our shot at having Carrie Fisher back. Um, well, you know, let, not to interrupt, but this. No, no, you go ahead, man. I, it could happen, but it's not going to be for 10, 20 years when they decide to reboot it. Like in, in, do a re a remake, we'll say, because like a lot of times, you know, when they go and do these you know, like reboots, they they follow the original, they, they update it, right? Like uh, sure. a Star is Born, the movie's been made like three different times, right? But it's all, a lot of these movies get rebooted and re, essentially remade more than rebooted. And I don't think that uh, Star Wars is necessarily off limits for that. I could totally see Disney in twenty years when they've you know run the not run the franchise into the ground they, they're fine but when they when they've run out of ideas just like hollywood likes to do with a lot of things they just go back and just remake what they do we'll do it again and like yep. they'll just go through and, you know if, if it works do it again they'll do it for a new generation a new audience right. and you're totally right if they do that 
you know, maybe that seven-year-old me will will be will be around long enough to see that happen. I, I hope I hope maybe that maybe maybe I am. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's a rock and a hard place situation because while there are days, like I said, I wake up and I think it should have just been that original trilogy and that's it. Then I wake up, I, you know, I go to bed last night after just having watched the new episode of the Mandalorian and I realized, yeah, but if they had stopped there, I wouldn't have had that episode. And, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But, you know, I love the Mandalorian show and, and I, I can't imagine not having not being able to see that, having it, having all that stuff removed from the mythos and the stories and stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it's a give and take, you know, that you got to take the good with the bad. And, um, but, but it, it's pretty heartbreaking to me to know that, that those exist, that those outlines or stories or I don't know how fleshed out he had them, that they exist. And yet we're never going to see them. So I'm totally with you. I would almost hope too, maybe, <laughs> maybe, Maybe before, you know, the wishful thinking of them rebooting or remaking, you know, the original trilogy and the prequels. And then instead of, do, you know, doing the remakes of uh, the sequel trilogy, do George instead. Because that's probably the, the biggest stretch. Like, I could totally see them redoing the original trilogy. Maybe mm-hmm. even redoing the prequels. But, you know, if they were to do that, like, they more than likely would just remake the what we got, which and I was kind of bummed out too. Cause I think I was telling you about this too. When I first heard the story, like, or maybe I was telling Rick, I can't remember, but like they could have easily done, like put their own spin included Ray and Kylo and all that stuff. Sure. And then, you know, still stuck with this as opposed to, you know, ha- like have Maul come in and do his, like have like, keep this as like the backbone. And then they can still, you know, if they wanted Ray to be, the chosen one as opposed to Leia, then like do that. Like, you know, sure. there's no reason Ray could have been one of, if, if the story involves Luke training a new generation of Jedi, there's no reason Ray could have been part of that new generation. Yeah. You know? And then Ben could have been there too. And honestly, just, I liked Kylo they, Ren as a character, but like, he would have been so much cooler. just as Ben solo the whole time. Like, sure. And like it would have been almost like kind of a thing where like because they could have had him still like battle with it. Like I'm making this up off the top of my head, but I think it sounds better than what we got. But you have Ben Solo being trained by Luke in this Jedi thing, and then like he knowing who his grandfather is and who Luke is, and knowing the story of like the chosen one and all this stuff. You could have him struggling with the light side and the dark side stuff because he he wants to be the chosen one himself and like be like yeah. you know, being the one who brings balance to the force and like whatever. So you could have him having his own internal struggles and stuff, but just have him be Ben Solo the whole time and not be not do the Kylo Ren thing where he actually is a dark agent of the dark side and all that stuff. Like throw that shit out because they didn't they end up throwing it out anyway. So they should have just never gone yeah. with it to begin with. And it would have been much cooler just to see that play out, you know, just like him having his own internal struggles with this stuff. And uh, then, yeah, you have Ray come in, who ends up being like the true chosen one, and she could have still ended up being Palpatine's daughter, and that would have put a whole new spin on like the, tr- you know, what I mean, it was honestly like that's a better movie right there, like yeah, that's way better. But like you know, but yet again, this also would have required Disney to plan out this, you know, new yeah, sequel which, ahead of time, which which they didn't. They they you know you could you still could have had Finn. Finn could have been a defector from. Um, which is Darth Maul's Darth Maul's organization, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Finn was you, a great character. Like it started yeah, out as a great character. You you don't have to lose any of the characters. You don't have to lose anybody. 
you know, if they if they wanted, and I understand why Disney, you know, as much as they want to tell the good stories, they and they want their movies to do. Obviously, they want their movies to do well. They also want the marketing opportunities that come along with Star Wars, and so they want the new characters to create the new figures to sell and create the new shirts to sell and whatever. They want the new marketing opportunities, but you don't have to lose that. You can you can weave that into the same story. So yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Like they 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 had like JJ brought a lot of good. That's the their biggest problem, in my opinion, with the whole sequel trilogy is that they didn't have that plan, that ironed out plan for everything. They had the three different directors and writers come in and pretty much just like JJ set everything up and then the other guys were just able to do whatever they wanted, essentially. And that yeah. was like the biggest mistake because like I feel like JJ set up a lot of like interesting stuff in The Force Awakens. Like their initial, what we got in Force, like Force Awakens was like, I'll say it was a good movie. Like, it was fine. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff they set up, like especially like Finn's character, in Force in Force Awakens was like a really cool idea, like a defected stormtrooper going to the rebellion. Like we hadn't seen that, so that was like a new idea that was good, you know. So like I was, and you know, John Boyega played the role; it was a good role. Then like Poe Dameron yeah. was a good character. You know, they had a lot of good things set up, but then they just abandoned it all in the second one and in the third one. They abandoned everything they did in the first one, and it's just it was a whole mess. But like. That was their biggest problem, in my opinion. I can't, I, I can't off the top of my head think of another series of books. Uh, yeah, the only thing I can think of that comes close to what Disney did is, is comic books. Like occasionally in comic books, you'll have three different writers write three consecutive issues of a series, and, and they don't always they feel kind of disjointed because you've gotten that. But even comic books, for the most part, writers write an arc, and then they leave the book, and the book gets turned over to somebody else. On TV shows, you know, you might have multiple writers and multiple directors working on episodes, but you've got, like we were talking about in the previous segment, you've got a showrunner that, that that knows what the overarching story is and, and provides some direction, some cohesion through this. And this is, you know, I don't know if Kathleen Candy was supposed to do that, but it really didn't feel like she was doing it. It felt like the way those movies were hobbled, cobbled together that it was just scattershot. You know, they, like yeah. you said, Abram Abram sets it up and then. Rain Johnson comes in and, you know, Rain, do whatever you want. And, you know, besides besides being having to adhere to the fact that he had the characters in place, beyond that, he was able to do whatever he wanted. So. Yeah, which is so weird that you'd think that uh, it could even be possible, like, with Disney owning Marvel and having someone like Kevin Feige in place, and they just, they have, like, a perfect outline of just how to make something work. And they, they just, sure. the template's there. umbrella, yeah, like, they just, yeah. they have it there. So I don't know, like, which I guess like, like moving into our next, we have another Star Wars topic, which is kind of a better like indication of like things to come. Because one of the other things that I always complain about with the Disney era of Star Wars, other than like how it kind of or the sequel trilogy, sequel trilogy ended up being as a whole, was that they continue to just like live in this like too afraid to go out and tell a new story. It feels like with Star Wars, like even with the sequel trilogy. They brought back all the like original cast, but they didn't do anything with them, so it was it made that kind of worse. So it was like another story for another day, I guess. But like they keep, yeah. they have the you know this uh, this High Republic thing coming out in the books, and it's only you know a measly like three to four hundred years before uh, the original trilogy, and like they make Mandalorian and it's set in the same time period as uh, 
you know, the, everything we're familiar with. They just they keep doing things that are like familiar as opposed to telling like new stories in Star Wars, like an old Republic thing or going way into the future and just telling a new fresh Star Wars story. Like all the sure. I mean, I get like, uh, like, you know, we even like the you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels and all these things like everything is like and I get that you want to. It works, so you want to like expand on it more, but like there's still room for you to tell completely new stories. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. even with uh you know, like even like the Fallen Order game, it's still it's like the same thing. It it's it was a, at least a new character that you were, but it still plays in that same sandbox that we know of. Like I don't know, it always bumps me out, but there is some hope with that and the new uh there's an upcoming Disney plus uh, Star Wars series coming up soon. That uh, we had some word a while back that they were, they were going to be making. There's literally no like news on what the the, the story is going to be about necessarily, but it was supposed to be a female led and centric Star Wars project on Disney Plus. And now, at this point, we still don't have a lot of information on it. But the uh, I believe it was the showrunner or one of the writers or the co-directors um, they came out and said that uh, they what they're focusing on. And if I can find the quote here. That, well, essentially, that in this one, for she says that it's going to be in, like a in its own pocket of the universe, in its own timeline that we don't know much about. So, like, and that's really like all the information we got. But that's all I've ever wanted with Star Wars. Yeah, that's been my biggest like complaint because I I like Mandalorian. It's it's good, and I you know like Force Awakens was okay, but the other ones weren't really. I didn't really care for. And like I've said, like I just like I just ranted on about for a little bit. I've just wanted new, fresh Star Wars stuff, and it seems like Disney, like more so than anything. Because you got to think, like back before, like pre Star Wars era Disney, they they had the you know expanded canon, you know the, what's yep. now Legends, where they introduced a lot more. They, they still played in the same timeline sandbox, but there were a lot of like new, fresh characters like coming up all the time. Like yeah. some of them bad, like fine, sure, but I feel like they definitely took a lot more risk before. And I feel like well, I think they've just been playing it safe. Yeah, I think I mean you and I both are big fans of Knights of the Old Republic, and that's a perfect example of taking the and and that was done. I mean, what that game the first one's what fifteen years old at this point, maybe, um, yeah. maybe maybe even a little more. But that's a perfect example of not. Of, of taking the the universe and the and the world that's been established and not being beholden to just one timeline or one one not timeline but time era just being stuck in that one era do something well outside the bounds of it and have and, and give yourself the freedom to create something new and, and a little bit different familiar but still a little bit different and and give people a you know a deeper dive into that world and I, you know I, I, I'm excited about this news. I hope that they they have the guts and the the, the courage to 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 not be beholden to marketing dollars and and, and that sort of thing, and, and do something original and fresh, um, and, yeah. and, and inject some of that excitement that I think is missing from from Star Wars to a certain extent um, back into the into the franchise. Um, I think the Mandalorian show. I think. You know, I mean, we've talked about whether or not, you know, we talked about last week whether or not it's it's a good show if you if you remove the Star Wars elements from it and stuff. And I think it's done a, a very good job of injecting excitement into it. I think the the surprise of Baby Yoda and and the, the idea of of Yoda not just as a character but as a race 
really injected some some much needed um, excitement and mystery into the series. But this is a way to do so, like you're saying, well outside of the era that we're used to, and, and, and really give a look at in a whole different Star Wars through a whole different lens. So. Yeah, because like I with that too, like you were saying with Mandalorian, like the writer of this article even says, and this is kind of how I felt about like the whole era of Star Wars. Like this line here, they says like, but when it was first revealed that Disney Plus would be making a live action Star Wars show, I was hoping for something different. Like instead, the Mandalorian feels like a shut up and play the hits kind of show. Which, like I said, it's good, and I do like it, but I totally agree with this. Like, Boba Fett's back, like, you know, like, Bo-Katan's, like, all these things. Like, can't just be this, like, lone Mandalorian guy telling, like, there's so much cool stuff they could just expand on with Mandalore itself, which would potentially, if you stayed in this time frame, include Bo-Katan in some aspects, but, like... No one knows anything about that stuff because, for one, it's really only been expanded on in the Clone Wars animated show for the most part, at least canon-wise. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, they, there's so much stuff they could do in, like, the, the the Old Republic. I mean, just everything that's been said, even though not all of it's technically canon at this point, some of it is. Like, Darth Bane is canon, you know, so, like, there's, there's a couple things that are, that are there that do exist in canon, but, like, the... Putting yourself 3,000 years before the original trilogy, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? That's kind of like the downside with making like a lot of prequels and things like that. Is you always like, if you're too close to, you know, the present time or whatever, then you lose a lot of like suspense and surprise because you kind of know where everything's going to go. Especially if you're doing something with like the High Republic, Republic that they're doing is literally going to like one of the stories is going to focus on a Yoda who's like three, four hundred years old or something. It's like, I don't care about Yoda. Like when he's three or four yeah. years old, like it's not, I'd rather see something else. Like it could be a great story. Like Yoda's cool and everything, but like we got his story. Like, I don't need to know like what he was doing 300 years before the prequels. Like who cares? Like, who cares? Yeah. Like I, I don't care. I really like legitimately don't care. And at this point, Baby Yoda is already like super hype. Like we don't like it's just and I feel like that's the only reason they're including it. It's just like, well, if Baby Yoda is so cool, then like we gotta just do let's do more Yoda. Like uh, give more Yoda. Yeah. It's just I don't know. But yeah, the only thing like I don't know like and kind of like with what you were saying with uh, Disney needing the, those marketing bucks. Like some could argue that this uh, female driven thing is only being done for like marketing purposes. And I'd hope it's not, I hope they just tell like a cool story. Cause I don't really care either. I could give or take it being a female driven thing. Like that's really beside the point. I just need a good story and good characters. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like Bo-Katan. Like I'd like to see a, like a Bo-Katan series, like who just made her appearance on uh, the Mandalorian. Like that's a girl character who like is powerful. Like, female character at that too and that would be a cool story just to watch but i wouldn't watch it just because it's female driven like i don't really don't care sure. that they're marketing the show like that in all honesty i just want them to make a cool story then you always got to like these like i don't know just dumb people on the internet essentially who are just pretty much writing off the show because it's being described as that to begin with and it's like i don't know it's just kind of dumb i could give or take it being a female driven show i just want <laughs> New and yeah. fresh Star Wars stories to be told, like so. Yeah, I don't care how it, they got to do it; just do it. 
people are so concerned now with either it's it's both sides like i mean you got one one set of people out there that are so concerned with things being done and, and they're 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 i'm trying to try to think of the word i want um but their perception that it's forced diversity mm-hmm. and then you got people on the other side and their perception that it's lack of diversity and 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 i like you said i just i I try not to, I don't want to, I don't want to spend my time analyzing the shows I'm watching and the entertainment I'm taking in by through that, through that lens. I want to just, I want to sit down and watch it. And if it's good, enjoy it because it's good and and, and like it and watch it because it's good. And I want to, not because of some predisposition I have to want to support it just because it, it, it has some elements I feel like it has to have or something you know it's yeah yeah it's like i'm not gonna write it all like, i don't understand why that's the thing that annoys me is like people write things off because of like that it's like you guys are just pandering to you know this audience so it's like, it's like i'm not even gonna waste my time with it but it's like you haven't even seen it you know nothing about it like and, just, and that's such a such a narrow narrow-minded way to do it because you could be missing on something that's terrific like yeah like you don't know yeah you have no idea just oh I don't know. It's it's sometimes the internet's a scary place. To, it's <laughs> yes, honestly it a place you just shouldn't spend too much time on sometimes. So that's yeah. for sure. But uh, anyways, guys, what what do you guys think of all this? Especially like me and John and I both were pretty bummed out about uh, where the sequel trilogy could have gone if uh, they would have focused on this included more of George's original outlines for it, which I almost at this point wish we never would have known because. Like I said, I'm kind of bummed out because I feel like uh, that would have gone in a better direction, especially, I mean, hindsight's 2020. After we know what we got with the sequel trilogy, it's very easy to say that, like, obviously, that would have been better. So that's, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it that much. Like, who's, who's to say it would have been better? It sounds like it would have been better. But, uh, like, and then with the, uh, the new series coming out and the, the showrunner or writer on it saying that they're going to be focusing on it's this own little pocket universe of unexplored Star Wars stuff, that has me excited. That's one thing I've been wanting from Star Wars ever, God, ever since the sequel trilogy was announced. Like, and, and before then, ever since The Old Republic was made, that's the Old Republic being as successful and great as it was. Uh, it's kind of what fueled my interest for more new, fresh Star Wars stories. You know, we still just haven't gotten it ever since then, really. So, what do you guys think of all that? Uh, just let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here is going to shoot us back into the DC universe, and I guess more, more particular this time, actually, into the DCEU, back into the DCEU, because we got some news. Uh, I don't know, some potential hints, I guess, and then some rumblings here and there of uh, what, what what Warner Brothers is going to be doing here with Wonder Woman 84. And uh, it's been, been, you know, one of those movies that was supposed to come out this year, obviously affected by the pandemic, and they've had to push it back, like, I don't know, maybe two or three times it's had to shift its release date or something like that. And right now, to this day, it is still sitting on a December 25th release date. And John and I, in particular, speculated uh, a week or two ago, I I can't remember when it was, but uh, we essentially didn't think that there's there's a, there's really no way this thing's going to be holding this December 25th release date. I think it was on Wonder Woman uh, Day, set like 50th year anniversary yeah, or something. Yeah, a couple weeks ago with that teaser trailer they dropped, or that, not teaser trailer, that uh, celebration, thing, yeah. c- Sizzle Reel, celebration yeah. trailer for Wonder Woman. Yeah, because they, they, at the very end of it, they had, you know, an advertisement for Wonder Woman 84, and it just said like, Coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah. As opposed to 
coming to theaters December 25th, like any normal marketing thing would do for it. So we've pretty much been suspecting at this point, like there's no way they're keeping that date. And now the theaters are shutting down and the virus is spreading worse than ever because, you know, America, USA. (laughs) uh, So there's probably no doubt. And I feel like we got at this point just even more indication that uh, it's going to get pushed back uh, because the first thing that came out like five days ago here was that uh, DC was postponing some uh, Wonder Woman 1984 variants like in the comics and you know books and everything pretty much anything related to Wonder Woman 84 they're moving them back yeah a lot of just uh you know the comic book world and everything so the the, the funny the funny thing is DC has had these solicited so I'm not sure how many of our audience are familiar with how comics come out but usually comics release what they call a solicitation which basically tells you what's going to be in the comic as well as who the creators are on it about two or three months before the actual books hit the stands and so dc has solicited they've they've had the artwork for these books and they've they've posted them to the public for people to pre-order um going all the way back into the beginning of this year because the anticipation was that the movie was going to come out i think what June was the original release date? I think. Yeah, it was supposed to come um, out right around a little after uh, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 solicited them then, and then they canceled all those pre-orders on them, and then they solicited them again when they thought it was going to relaunch this fall, and then they canceled all those, and then they've done it yet again when they said it was going to be Christmas, and here we are for, with them being canceled yet again. And and the reason they do these books, the reason they have these books is to promote the movie, to provide that extra little push to remind all the people they're picking up the comics as if they would forget. But just to remind them that, hey, um, you know, there's this giant movie going on. And maybe maybe that flip side is more true. Maybe it's to to push the comics, pe- push the comics, people that yeah. go see the movies that might find their way into a comic book store will see this image of Wonder Woman from the movie on the book in front of them and and give them an inclination or a motivation to pick it up. But anyway, yeah, as soon as, as soon as we said that, and then as soon as we saw this news hit, I think we were both, you know, it just reinforced in our minds what we had already talked about like two or three weeks ago with the fact there's no way this movie is hitting its December 25th release, at least not for theaters. Well, especially now too, like, because I mean, obviously this is nothing that they could foresee. Like, you know, some places movie theaters never reopened to begin with. But then a lot of places they tried reopening and now they're shutting back down. And a lot of them are not shutting back down because they're COVID hotspots. They're just shutting down because all the movies are being pushed back. They don't have anything to play. So it's just they're already losing money because they have to space everybody out and everything. But when you don't have anything to go see, they're not making any money. They're just hemorrhaging even more money. Then, this is this is, I'm gonna go off on just a quick tangent real quick. So I, I saw I saw a uh, a news article uh, yesterday or the day before, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been like USA Today. It was it was an article that talked about like the the hot the top five hotspots for COVID. And I, I was just I, I clicked on it because I just wanted to see movie theaters on that list. And I was shocked that movie theaters are not on that list. Yeah. Restaurants restaurants and bars, gyms. Um, I can't remember the other ones that were on there were all hotspots for COVID yet movie theaters, which we've been told all along are, are not, or, or, or should be hotspots for, we're not on that list. And I, I'm trying to, de- I'm trying to determine if that's because people just aren't going to the movies, uh, which is probably the case, or if movies are, it, yeah. or, or if the social distancing in some of the, 
the preventive measures that movie theaters have taken are maybe working a little better than than than, than people had anticipated. I think it's a little bit of both because there ha- they haven't been able to in any state, to my knowledge. I think there was uh, it may have been in the same article or a different article, but they have never been able to like to this point in time. This was just like a week or so ago. I saw this. They haven't been able to trace any sort of COVID outbreaks to a movie theater like hmm. across the states. So, yeah, like there, there's been essentially no evidence that they are affecting the spread of COVID in any way. Much like sure. uh, the reverse of that, which would like you know restaurants and all these places that aren't practicing the the not that everybody does and doesn't, but like it's hit and miss. Some places will do it more than others, and some that probably should be like a gym probably shouldn't be open to begin with because everybody's touching everything. Like you know, I mean, you're sure. breathing heavy, touching everything, small room, maybe a big room, but either way, everybody's touching everything. You can't really social distance. So I mean. One could argue they probably should have never opened up. But, mm-hmm. like, with movie theaters, they've always had the capability. And then any of the ones that I heard about, I, I haven't gone to one since this all happened, but mainly just because there hasn't... Tenants been the only thing that's come out. Like, other than, like, I haven't really wanted to... As cool as it would have been to go back and see Empire Strikes Back on the big screen, Yeah, I have it, and I don't really need to go put myself at risk in any capacity to do it, so I never did. Sure. And, um... Like I consider going to see Tenet because I remember at one point in time specifically looking at the uh, the seating arrangements on it, and there was two people in one of the theaters. So, so I was like, "We could go. Like, I'm sure this will be fine." And then like they're yeah. they're spacing everything out, and you can see like it, you know if you select these two seats, the two seats next to you will be blocked off. And like they were doing, yep. like movie theaters have been practicing safe social distancing, and due to the fact that there hasn't been a lot of people going into them to begin with, like. I could have went and saw Tenet, like, it was like week two of its release with just two other people. You know, like, there were yeah. more people in that Empire Strikes Back theater than there were in the Tenet <laughs> theater, which was, like, kind of yeah. shocking, but that's just how it was. So, yeah, it's kind of baffling that uh, a lot of places just haven't reopened theaters to begin with, but went ahead and opened gyms and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the only other thing with this Wonder Woman thing that just kind of brought even more indication that uh, there's definitely some movement going on with uh, them trying to figure out what they're doing with Wonder Woman. Because just shortly after that article came out, supposedly there's been some discussion at Warner Brothers to potentially do a very short uh, theatrical release of Wonder Woman, if possible, and then kick it uh, right to HBO Max by January. And this kind of can talk touches into another story that I don't have brought up as like a main topic or anything, but like Cinemark had recently come out and said that they would be open to shortening the theatrical window for movies, especially during this time period right now, um, by like a movie by movie basis. So they would take, uh, I don't know, just like that. Like, so normally though, the theatrical window is about like 90 days. So like yeah. a movie can't go on streaming or come out on home video or anything like that until it's done, you know, a 90 day stint in the theaters and then the studios can do whatever they want with it. And uh, just recently, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, AMC made a deal with Universal that would essentially allow them to shorten that theatrical window. But the only caveat to that was the deal essentially meant nothing because all of uh, NATO, the National Theater Associ- uh, Organization or whatever, uh, would have to sign off on it. So just because AMC says it's okay for them to do it, uh, then, for instance, Universal would only be able to release that movie in AMC theaters if they wanted to keep it into like a shortened window. 
because they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to release it to like a Cinemark theater who isn't agreeing to those terms and an AMC theater. And they can't have their cake and eat too. Like one, one, they all have to be on board with it. And now Cinemark has come out and said that they would be on board with it from a movie by movie basis. And I think realistically, it's not just a movie by movie basis at this point in time. It'd probably more or less just be like a, what month are we in kind of basis? Because Wonder Woman like uh, was going to be coming out along with uh, Free Guy and then I think Death on the Nile sequel to yes. uh, yep. uh, Kenneth Branagh movie. I can't remember what it's called. The, the murder mystery one. Uh, those were supposed to be coming out uh, the same you know week of Wonder Woman. And those got pushed back already. And I could see any theater right now just that is open they just need content. Like I said, like they need a reason for people to come in. So, because I think in a perfect world, Wonder Woman 84 would be one of those movies that Cinemark would not do a shortened window one. The big budget ones is not what they would want to do. Like doing like your, your animated features, your trolls and stuff like that. That's what you would do a shortened window one because the majority of those people, and especially with most movies anymore, especially the big blockbusters even, you get your big business like opening weekend, and then you trickle down from there anyway. And yep. especially with the smaller budget ones, like you know, animated movie here and there, you're not pulling in millions of dollars after a month. So like those ones, like, the theaters won't be missing out on too much by shortening the window on those. But like Wonder Woman and Endgame and these kind of things, like they make millions of dollars on these things every weekend for a couple months at a time. So they would never do that with these in a perfect world. But right now, it's just, they don't really have a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they decided to do a short release on this just to get it out. Because it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a, it's not one I could see them, definitely not something I'd see Warner Brothers really wanting to do, but... I mean, they the studios work on borrowed money, so like if, if they got bills to pay, then, then they need to get it out, try to make some money on it, especially after how much they just lost with Tenet. Like, sure. So, I mean, I don't know. What Do you, do you think this, uh, after this, do you think it's actually going to, you think we'll see this on HBO Max before February, or you think they're going to hold off and wait until June 2022, or 2021, rather? If I was a betting, if I was betting on this, I would bet for the June release. I, I would yeah. bet that this. I would bet that they follow Marvel's, uh, Disney and Marvel's lead, and just push everything back. Call twenty twenty a wash, um, move everything back, basically a year, and go from there. And here's here's the my main reason for placing that bet is that um, I'm not sure when these talks about releasing Wonder Woman to streaming and when. And maybe having a short theatrical window were take right taking this place. This is on the twelfth. At least this article okay. is on the twelfth, but they could have yeah, been talking so, about this for months. Who knows? Exactly. And so, even if even if it was you know as recent as a week ago or two weeks ago, we got some maybe game changing news at the beginning of last week with Pfizer announcing that there's a potential vaccine um, that, that's that's coming. And and so at this point, you know. Warner Brothers and all the movie theaters have to kind of hedge their bets and go, well, that's a game changer. If if, if this if this virus if this vaccine is able to control the virus and, and, and restore some normalcy to the marketplace, then 
we could see a summer release slate that that goes off without a hitch or 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 at least without a hitch comparative to the hitches that they've experienced up until this point um and so do we want to forego the possibility of a hundred two hundred million dollar you know theatrical well i mean i guess you're talking about more than that a hundred million dollar release you know opening weekend a hundred and fifty million dollar opening weekend for wonder woman 84 and then uh, maybe a 300 400 500 million dollar run in theaters to get back you know a fraction of that with a small window now and a, and a streaming release and i just think at this point you've waited this long what's another six months um what's what's especially with this hopefully good news on the horizon um here um what's it gonna hurt um so i, I that's that's where i'm i'm putting my money is that we we see this get moved back to june that they follow marvel's suit and hopefully you know come may and june people will be back in theaters seeing these yeah. movies well that's the thing too just to add to the uh the possible um uh, vaccine coming out as soon as that article was released the stocks and theaters and everything and a lot of the public venues like that went up yeah so it's a lot it so it definitely would make sense that like some people are probably going to be hedging that my only worry uh well people probably are hedging their bets so i guess i should finish that thought but my only worry is that uh every studio has pushed back every movie that they had to 2021 already or maybe even later so there were like it's just gonna be a stack. and there were already movies yeah there were already movies that were supposed to be coming out yeah. so that's like so you're gonna get this flood of well the only thing I'll say about that is while yes that will lead to an absolute deluge del I can't say that word deluge there you go of of movies coming out um, production was halted on a lot of stuff for quite a while um, because of COVID too so there there's gonna be a lull. And in, in, there's a gap there somewhere, not just in the release of the movies, but also in the production of movies. So it, there's going to be some shifting and some shuffling around that needs to happen. But, and, you know, it, you know, if it's safe to go back to the theater, I'm all for going and seeing a couple of movies a weekend. Once they come back, I'm, I'm feeling like I've been missing it for a while. So yeah. Yeah, they'll have yeah. my money. So. I dude, it's been so I can't even. I think Endgame may have. I feel like Endgame was the last movie I went to see at this point. Oof, it's been a minute. Cool. Like yeah. I, I can't think of. I can't think of what else I, I went to see in the theater. Like it's been a it's been a long time. That's yeah, that's eighteen months at this point. I think. Yeah, it's been. I, I may have seen some before then, but like, I, I literally in my mind I can't think of anything else that I went to go see. So it's definitely been some time. I've definitely. Oh, did you did you see Far From Home? I did see Far From Home. Yeah, there you go. So that was that most that was probably the last one. Okay. Either way, it's been a long time. It's been sure. so long. Oh, I yeah. can't even remember the last time I went. Not, nothing in 2020. You have not been to the movies in yeah, 2020. Not, so. not once. Yeah. So we shall Crazy. see. The question is, guys, what do you think about all this? Do you think that uh, kind of like I feel like there's no way Wonder Woman's coming out this year. I think uh, I don't think we're going to see an HBO Max just because I know like. They lost so much money with Tenet. Like that movie, it cost them like two hundred plus million dollars, and it only made it made under four hundred million with its worldwide release. So, like, they were definitely looking for more money with that, and hoping that it would bring a lot more people back to the theaters. But just the way everything's been, people didn't go out and rush out to see it. A lot of people didn't even have the opportunity to, because, like I said, theaters weren't even open. So, like, I just the fact that they saw like 
you know, because Warner Brothers firsthand put out Tenet, so they know firsthand what they can expect from releasing a movie like right now. And I just don't see them, I don't see them wanting to go through that again. Granted, I guess the only thing we didn't really discuss, which could be a caveat, is um, just real quick before we move on, like we did mention the uh, Disney Plus, it's like almost tripling HBO Max subscribers. So there could be a push for them to want to maybe drop something real big on HBO Max and try to yeah. make that count. But I don't know. You're you looking also, at a lot of subscribers to try to break out. Them. Sh- Wonder Woman 1 made like $800 million. Sure. I don't, I don't think they're going to get that much out of subscribers. So. Well, and you also have to... You have to Disney had a, a jump on... Their, Disney Plus has been around for just over a year now, whereas HBO has been around, what, four or five months? Well, this um, is HBO Max, because this subscriber count includes HBO members. And they're still being doubled or tripled. Sure. Well, I guess that's what I meant, is that, you know, the, H, the HBO Max service trail behind the Disney service. So Disney has had time. I think a better comparison be, would be where was H, where was Disney Plus at, at the same time? So let's say HBO Max has been out five months now. Where was Disney Plus at five months? Were they at, you know, so that's a better apples to apples comparison than where they both at right now. Obviously, HBO Max wants to catch or even surpass Disney, um, which I think is going to be hard without brand recognition. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. HBO's a big brand. It but is, but again, Brothers, but, but, but again, HBO is, HBO is, in my, at least, and this is my perception. I can't, I don't have marketing stats to support this, but my, my perception of HBO is it's, it's got great original content, great original television shows. You think back to, you know, The Wire, you think back to um, Sopranos, Entourage, Game of Thrones. You think back to all the great series they have. They're all adult-oriented series, which is great. You you get young people just out of college. You get people on their own. You get bachelors. But when you start talking about families and people with kids, if they're choosing one streaming service or another on any given month, they're going to go for Disney, I'm guessing, most of the time. Um, so, you know, I, they, they, I I think when you when they start, if we, if we you know, if, if there's a streaming war brewing, or if, or if we're in the midst of a streaming war, we're it's going to be hard. We're in the midst of it, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to ever compare those equally. Um, so so you're right. I think HBO is the closest comparison to Plus, though, despite really? that, in my opinion, because they have a back catalog that is rivals the size if not exceeds the size and then they also have very kid they have like looney tunes they have all these you know fresh prince of bel-air and they, like and they all these yeah. things like well they've got the sesame friends, street like yeah they've got the entire sesame street catalog yeah, at, their, at their disposal that's the one thing that i don't think they do very well is they don't market like i've never seen anything about hbo max mm-hmm. and 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 i don't that, not only do I not see anything, I don't see their kids stuff highlighted anywhere. I, I have kids, like like, and yet I don't I don't see or hear anything about HBO Max and kids. I hear Disney Plus. I think they um, rushed it out, man. Because so, they have, they also have Crunchyroll. Like so, they have. Yep. Like, there's so much more. I think the problem with HBO Max and why it didn't take off right is because they came, it came out too soon. They had a bunch of their uh their their content still licensed out with people. 
because they also have like all the DC stuff. So they like I sure. just always use that as an example because they were marketing hard on like come here for DC content, and then like one month in, they said like, oh, these movies are leaving, and it was like a yeah. bunch of DC movies because they had them licensed to go other places already. So they only had like a one month window that they could even have them at launch. And like, yeah. I think right now they're in a place where they probably can't even market their full like library because it's Catalog. still caught up and stuff. Because I think, yeah. like I said, I think they, if anybody could rival Disney Plus, um, at least as far as like one to one content, because like Netflix just has a bunch of crazy, like what you know, you never know what you're going to find on Netflix. Yeah. But Disney, kind of to your point, you know what to expect, you know what you're getting. Like with HBO, offhand, you're, you're probably 100% correct in that, like the first thing people probably think of are like those adult shows. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. And like they're not marketing really like their 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 kid friendly content and all that stuff really. So I don't know. That's probably uh, probably it. Like I would say, I don't know. Well, and I, I think the other thing that we we've discussed a little bit on the show is, um, you know, Disney is they're an established company. They they they're they're nothing's changing at Disney. They they have one goal and one motivation. That's it. HBO and Warner Brothers are still in the midst of this AT&T merger, this AT&T acquisition. And AT&T is still trying to figure out how to be an entertainment company. And I think that uncertainty and that, that, that the, the sand shifting beneath the feet of everybody in these different divisions of Warner Brothers is, is causing a lot of this real dis, disjointed um, release and information that's coming out of these companies, and that's why you don't get you don't get a clear idea of what HBO Max is and who it's for and what what they offer. Um, maybe we'll get that at one point, but I think that's also really hindering um, their service and, and maybe maybe holding back their subscription numbers because they don't have good messaging about what they are and who they're for and and what they offer people. So. And you can't mag- and you can't magically fix that by releasing Wonder Woman eighty four. It you might give you a bump, can't. yeah, but it's not going to fix it. Yeah, and it's definitely not going to bring eight hundred million dollars of subscribers to you. Sure. Even with it being twice the price of, because uh, that's another thing too. Uh, HBO Max is twice the price of Disney Plus. Now, granted, Disney yeah. Plus is one hundred percent going to be increasing that price soon. Like I know for a fact they're going to be because I think even despite that, that same article was showing like, oh, they made this much money when this many subscribers they still reported a loss like overall mm-hmm. just be- between their like how much debt they're in and everything versus like how much profit they've made they're still technically working in a deficit right now despite their high subscriber counts because they're only charging six dollars a month like yeah like so we'll have to just see i i definitely i i agree that i, I don't think wonder woman is gonna hit hbo max but you never know in this day and age jamie fox is coming back as electro man so anything is possible. And that's where, you know, I don't know. All bets are off to me anymore. So yeah. question is, guys, what do you think about all this? Uh, I know we went on for that one a little bit longer than I thought with the HBO talk, but uh, I don't know, it all makes sense in some way. And it's all connected. So it's definitely worth talking about. But uh, let us know what you guys think down in the comment section below. Everybody, so our next main topic here is going to shoot us from the DC universe over to the Marvel even know if we are we still calling it the MCU when it's Disney Plus related at this point, or is it? I think like, so. Yeah, no. I guess it would still be MCU if it's all connected. But, <laughs> uh, but first, we got three Marvel related, and I guess three MCU related topics at this point. And the first one being that kind of like a positive and a negative about uh, Wandavision. 
and I, I'll start with a negative, is that uh, it turns out we're not getting this thing directly after uh, Mandalorian. It, at least not in December like everyone assumed it was going to be. We're not actually going to be getting it until uh, January 15th. I, I don't even think that was. I don't think that was assumed. I think they officially announced that it was coming. They did they by the end of the year. Yeah, they yeah. Said 2020. They did. So this they is this is date, a, this, this is a delay, a pushback. But everybody, yeah. I mean, at this point, everybody had assumed it was no. It was December. I think yeah. because we already made it this far without a release date. So yeah, it's it's disappointing that we've got it. I mean, in a year that we've had no Marvel MCU related content. I know. This was the last shining hope that we had of getting anything MCU related in 2020, and it's uh, it's not happening now. But the good news with it is, I don't know, it's interesting news at least, and it gives us some indication because I heard people talking about this before where with WandaVision, and we kind of seen in the trailers that they're going for, I don't know, like uh, it, we don't really know the full details in the, the series by any means, but even from the trailers, we saw that they were going to be, like, it was going to be heavily influenced by sitcoms. Just all sorts of sitcoms, and we see that in the trailers and everything. And it turns out, like, they went as far as shooting the first episode even in front of a live studio audience. And uh, they shot it in black and white because I think that one's like set in like the 50s, if, if I'm remembering correctly. And they even had like everybody on set was wearing like 50s era clothing, and everyone in the audience was like, it was like a big. Uh, LARP event for like the 50s sitcom <laughs> like everybody everybody was doing it and uh, which was kind of cool so I'm really it, the thing is though with this article it actually says that that's episode one which that's the news that like I didn't hear anybody talking about everyone was talking about oh they shot this episode in black and white in front studio audience but no one was talking about like it being episode one because I kept hearing so many people like speculating like if the whole series was going to be like that and everything because like I said we don't know we still don't know we had the shot in the trailer of Vision going out in seemingly modern time and his like his you know Vision superhero uniform cape and all and it was almost like a Truman show kind of thing where he flies out to the you know the world and looks around and goes to the the woman in the car and whatever so like we knew it was going to be jumping around, but uh, now that we have confirmation that episode one's like that, it almost—I uh, have more questions as to what the rest of the show is going to be like. But what did you, uh, what did you think about this stuff? Uh, I think this is super cool. I, I could not like—I didn't think. I, I mean, just wanting more, just needing and wanting the MCU back in my life. I was already excited for this show, but hearing stuff like this, this is so cool to me. Um, I, you know, I used to watch, you know, I used to see when I was a little Nick at night, the leave it to beaver. I remember my dad watched the honeymooners. Um, so I, you know, I, I've had some of that old, you know, fifties, uh, black and white sitcoms, um, sprinkled throughout my, my television viewing life. And, uh, so I think it's really cool how they're going to do this, how, at least in my mind, what I imagine they're going to do, which is, play this series out over classic sitcoms of, of the various decades. Um, I will also say, I think that this is a genius marketing move by uh, Disney and Disney plus um, because this is going to be the first episode. This is going to really set the tone for the series, but it's also going to be everybody's first experience with a, a Marvel 
television show and i could i could see i could it's a risky move i could see them you know they roll this show out and people turn on their tv and they get this black and white thing that they you know is is set in this old time is is filmed in this weird kind of way with this live studio audience which you really don't see much of anymore and i could see maybe some people being turned off by that and i think getting out ahead of that and preparing people saying hey look this is what's going to happen um you know, I think that's a brilliant marketing move. So people don't come go into it and have these expectations that are either completely off base or, or at least are, are, are wrong to begin with. They don't yeah. go into it expecting one thing and get this really strange out there, different thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's a really smart move on their part. And I'm really looking forward to it. I totally agree. And uh, another thing too, that uh, this article uh, points out, cause like, uh, like I said, I was, reading and seeing a bunch of people talking about uh like information coming out about this episode or this series and they were saying it was uh like confirmed that it was going to be a six hour it was six hours long but like this yeah. this article actually is confirming that it's a six episode thing because i saw people were wondering is it going to be 30 minutes you know episodes like mandalorian you know because like that sure. ended up turning a lot of people off so like they were kind of shook We'll say when first episode of Mandalorian dropped, and it was like it was only like thirty four long, you know. I mean, and I'll say too, this last episode of Mandalorian, which we'll talk about on a later date, um, it was only like thirty minutes long, but it felt a lot longer. It did. It almost felt lots of story. Yeah, not in like a bad way, not like it drug on. Like it was like my favorite episode of the season, but like they they crams a lot of information into it, and just the way Mm -hmm. it played out, it felt like a nice hour long episode. Even though yeah. it was, I think, the shortest one this season. It was. So, yep. Crazy. But, um, yeah, so we know this is going to be six episodes long, and I totally agree. I'm looking forward to it. And I can totally see how uh, I agree with, like, your your, your point on the marketing, because uh, you think, like, a lot of, because the MCU has appealed to, like, everybody. Like, not just, you know, comic book fans, not just movie fans. Like, it's arguably the most successful franchise uh, movie-wise, at least right now, but uh, arguably of all time in, in a lot of ways. So, and uh, everyone has come very... Uh, they know what to expect. All the Marvel movies have a certain tone to them. They all connect in some way. And this one has the potential of being, based on what we've seen, a very different, especially getting this information. So... It, it, I agree. It was definitely a good idea for them to kind of get ahead of some things and let, let people know because you, you never know how people would react. I mean, people went people went crazy, like I said, about Mandalorian being short episode wise. So like, so, I mean, you can only imagine what they would do if you turn it on and like you see a fifty sitcom with. They start tweet. They start tweeting. Uh, Disney's Disney's one division is messed up, and they. I can't get color. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, how many people are gonna like? That's the thing too. You gotta think of how many like uh, like younger people who don't even know what black and white TVs are. Like you know, yeah. There's so many people out there who like literally don't even know that was a thing. Like and, yeah, and they probably watch the Avengers movies and they're gonna turn this on. Like what's my TV's broken? What the Mom, yeah? Dad, what's going on here? But definitely a good idea to get out in front of that. And then uh, we got some more news in the MCU-related world here. We'll jump right into it here. Was uh, this was uh, this took me by surprise? I don't know if this really took me by surprise, but I was glad to hear it. And that's uh, Chris Pratt is going to be joining the cast of uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which makes sense in a lot of ways, I guess. But also, you never really knew. 
at the end of uh, Endgame, you never really knew what if they were gonna just do, just throw that away. You know what I mean? Just like the whole setup of the uh, Asgardians of the galaxy. You know, it could have been wrapped up and just it could have been uh, kind of like Iron Man three and Tony throwing away. Uh, you know, Tony retiring from Iron Man, but then you see him again in Avengers, like the next movie. Like you know, they just yeah. throw that whole thing away. And uh, I always hoped that. Uh, like the intro at the very least to the Thor, the next Thor movie to follow up uh, how Endgame left off with the character was like Star Lord and Thor, like with like a, a Rocky style workout montage of them trying to get back into shape or something. <laughs> and if that's all it was, then I'd be fine with that. So, like, I'm glad to hear that Chris Pratt's uh, Peter Quill, aka Star Lord character, is appearing in Thor Love and Thunder. So, what did you? Obviously, we don't know what he's doing, and obviously, too, I'm super hyped for this movie actually, though, because uh, Thor Ragnarok was like, I love Thor Ragnarok, I love Taika Waititi, and we got Christian Bale making his return to uh, the comic book world. Presumably, I think, yeah, in the article says we think he's playing the villain, but we don't know what he, we don't know what he's going to do. So I'm super excited what to villain? see what happens. So what do you think about all this? I mean. I, you know, I love Chris Pratt. I, I loved Parks and Rec. And then, of course, I loved him even more with Guardians. So I'm super stoked to have him back in the MCU and have him reprising his role. I mean, I think I think that first meeting between them and uh, in, in Infinity War, when uh, the, the Guardian, the rest of the Guardians started asking him, are, are you lowering your voice on perfect or yeah. on purpose? And, and I, and, you know, I, I think anybody that anybody that watched him and Chris Hemsworth uh, interplay there in, in infinity war, I think all the Marvel execs probably right away were like, okay, we have to have him in the next movie. So I think this is just kind of more inevitable than it is actually news breaking. And um, I'm still holding out hope that we get, you know, at least a cameo by Rocket Group, Gamora, um, Drax, in some fashion. I was really hoping that maybe the next Guardians movie would follow Thor joining them, but it looks like because of timing and maybe the way that things are rolling out, that might not be the case. So maybe it'll be, you know, a buddy comedy between the two of them. But I'm looking, whatever they do, I'm sure it will be good. I'm looking forward to it. Right. Well, that's another reason why. I thought the whole like setup at the end of Endgame could be like a throwaway thing was because James Gunn had already written the Guardians three script way You're before right. this uh, done and then like he got fired and then brought back but like he's, he still yeah. already has that script and then they're shooting Thor first so it's like the only time they really had to include as Guardians of the Galaxy would have been in Love and Thunder at this point because otherwise you're asking yeah. James Gunn to like completely like rewrite and just add Thor in for like <laughs> something that he had nothing to do with really. Like sure. at least we don't know how much he had to do with. So, cause I know on infinity war, they said James Gunn did write the scenes with guardians in them, but that yep. doesn't mean that there weren't other scenes that the, the writers wrote on their own or what they did to you know, change it. You know, you never know what these kind of thing. So definitely yep. uh, in the end, just, I just, I just want that montage thing of them getting in shape. Like I, just, I think that'd be the best thing for it to do, and then they could part ways after that, and then that's it. Totally fine with it. So they're packing a lot into this movie. So I really don't know. Kind of like with Jared Leto's Joker showing him justice, showing up in Justice League. I don't really know where Star Lord fits into 
Love and Thunder would you got like Natalie Thompson or Natalie Portman rather uh returning to uh the franchise itself, but she's playing, you know, Jane Foster Thor. You got all you know, there's just yeah. a ton of stuff going on here. Christian Bale doing something, like I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm hyped for it either way. Then our last yeah. MCU topic though is uh something that like I obviously I don't know, I felt like kind of like like a no-brainer to me in a lot of ways, but like, but you never know in today's age. But uh, a, a producer on Black uh, Panther has come out and said that they are not going to be doing a digital recreation of uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, or any sort of, uh, you know, future Black Panther theories or appearances or anything like that. They're not going to be digital, digitally recreating Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. The only kind of thing that, like, kind of caught me off guard in a lot of ways with this article was the fact that they go on to say that uh, this this producer goes on to say that they don't even know what they're wanting to do and where they're going with uh, the Black Panther franchise. Which, sure. Which, I mean, I can see where they probably just said that off the cuff, and I'm sure, like, in the grand scheme of things, they probably do know where they're going. And But... Because I, I feel like too, like this this article includes like a, a comment from uh, the actress who plays Shiri, where it's, it just kind of goes on to say that like we're still mourning Chadwick, and we're not really like it was, I, I feel like a lot of this is like we're not really trying to talk about this stuff right now. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this is being polite just to, like to the people, just like this is the sure. last thing we want to talk about. We just lost Chadwick. We're not we're not trying to talk about this. So that's what it feels like to me, anyway. Because I really, I mean, really doubt they don't know what they're doing. But we're we're two months, we're we're yeah. a little over two months removed from the guy passing, and and by by all accounts, and uh, nobody else knew. I mean, this is this is something that is very still raw. I'm sure for a lot of the people that knew him and were involved with that. It's raw for the fans, even. Um, but I will say, I, just like you said, I'm. I mean, this is a no brainer. Of course, you can't bring him back digitally you can't recreate him digitally i mean like to be you know not to get off topic or anything but i you know i hate that i hate that it has to be under these circumstances but i think it's setting a good precedent because um you know i i don't i don't want to see i don't want to see movies delve into the arena of digitally created actors um either out of necessity or just out of ability i don't want to see that happen i want to see real people portray these characters i don't want to see somebody you know director or writing code to 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 have them have these portrayals take place so yeah i I Um, think there's definitely a time and a place for it like with tarkin i can see like in rogue one you know Okay. I can yeah. see like why like they didn't need to do it. Like they mm-hmm. could have just not had Tarkin. But I can mm-hmm. see why they wanted to and like sure. where it made sense for the story. And he it wasn't the Tarkin movie. You know what I mean? Like I could never see like I'm because there there were rumors, not really rumors, like there were announcements saying that like there I forget like what the movie was gonna be called. And, what the movie is, that- but they were recreating James Dean. James Dean was gonna star in this movie. That's absurd. That's sure. not James Dean. Like, and you no. don't need it to be James Dean. And like the guy, the producer of this movie literally said, like I'm quoting him, that uh, James Dean is the perfect actor to play this character. 
and that's why they're doing it. And it's like, and it's and, no, and then not. like you said, in that case, that's not James Dean. That's your interpretation of what James Dean yeah. or whoever whoever's yeah, doing the programming. Same. It's there. so I, and Tarkin, Tarkin, like you said, Tarkin had it's a different type of feel. Tarkin being in Rogue One was almost an homage to yeah. the actor that portrayed that role. Um, he wasn't the main. If you do it with Chadwick Boseman, if you do it with James Dean. You're making money off of that character, off of that actor's portrayal, um, without them in any way, shape, or form being involved. And then it becomes it, it becomes a whole nother thing. It's not just an homage at that point. It's, you're not honoring their legacy. You're not honoring what they did before. You're you're blatantly trying to market a movie that they had nothing, no involved, no no control over. Um, and so, so yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, it's a, it might be a fine line, but there's definitely a line there between those two. There's definitely a book. I, I mm -hmm. would never want to see, cause that's the thing too. If you're going to, there's a difference between using the likeness of somebody like, uh, like that Avengers game, for instance, if they wanted to use the likeness of all the actors as the character models for the game, fine. Like, yeah. you know, that's perfectly fine. And it's like, if you want to make an, an animated CGI movie and use their likeness and have them come in and do the voices even, like, fine. Even if they can't do the voices, because let's say they did make an animated one and you know, since Chadwick's passed away, if, like, the, the estate signed off on, like, a cartoon movie using his likeness and someone does the voice, fine. But, I, yeah, I definitely don't want to watch a movie where you're completely digitally recreating like the character and having some other person, you know, like Sean Gunn, who does like all the rocket raccoon CGI green green suit. Well, I don't want to see I don't want to know that that's what's going on. You have some random yeah. person like sitting there because it's not it's not Chadwick and Chadwick wouldn't want that. either. I, I'm not going to speak for it. I don't know the man or I never knew the man, but like. With a lot of these characters, a lot of people who play them, they would, I feel like they would want to see the character live on, like have someone else come and take the mantle and do it and not like have another character other than T'Challa be Black Panther, like have someone sure. else come in and take the reins and T'Challa is an important character. And I'm sure yeah. anybody attached to, you know, the creation of, you know, Black Panther and everything, they, they want the character itself to live on. Like yeah. the actors are there to serve like the character and the story, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't, I don't like, I don't like anything that comes in like to interfering with that to like suit, you know, like picking an actor. Like, you should never build your movie around an actor. You should build the movie around the story and get the actors are just there to serve the character, which serves the story, you know. Yeah. And like, Black Panther can live on and be just as successful with or without him. Like in a digitally recreating him, not the way to go. It's 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 no. kind of it's because then you run into the whole issue too with like the estate has to get involved. Because this is like what come up with like the James Dean thing. It's like the estate signed off on it. It's fine. It's like well, yeah, the estate would sign off on it because they're gonna make money off it. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It's like and, you said, and it's like you said, you have these people who are like completely disassociated with like like James Dean's dead. Like he has no say in this. Like he, it's it's ridiculous. Like it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Not that like. Like I said, I don't, I don't know Chadwick Boseman, never knew him, but, like, not that he wouldn't be okay with it, but, like, I just can't imagine anyone wanting, them, like, anybody to use their appearance in that kind of way. Like, with the Tarkin thing, we're, like, paying homage, doing a quick thing, sure. There's, like, that's fine, but making an entire movie with, just, you get in such a murky area of just, like, I don't think anybody's asking for it. Just, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a good place.
not a good place to be. But uh, that uh, that covers all the MCU talk. That uh, that that ends it. Which, like I said, there's some good stuff in there. Some things that were just kind of uh, like expected, and some other things. Like I said, super happy to see Chris Pratt coming into you know uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. So I hope they can want to see some Asgardians of the Galaxy. I at least want to see the Asgardians of the Galaxy wrapped up in some way, even if it was supposed to just be like a throwaway joke teaser thing at the end. Like, I want them to wrap it up because it was like, it was a very good setup that, uh, kind of like John said, their chemistry between the two Chris's was set up real nice, so I could totally see why people would be disappointed if it wasn't uh, wrapped up in some way. So, But uh, let us know what you guys think about those topics down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our final topics here. We have three quick news topics that we wanted to we wanted to get some words in on because they're uh, they weren't super major main topic related things because there's just not a whole lot of information about them yet. Super super huge packed things, but they are very interesting nonetheless. And we wanted to give our quick thoughts on them. And the first one being that uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about you know the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation and Johnny Depp. Being asked to remove and or quote unquote stepping away from uh, the Grindelwald role in the Fantastic Beast, but it has come out that uh, Mads Mikkelsen, Hannibal Lecter himself, is going to be replacing him as Grindelwald in the upcoming, oh, at least Fantastic Beast three. I don't know because like I said this before, this was supposed to be like a five movie deal, and like I don't know if they've decided to just make it a trilogy. I don't know what they, uh, who knows, who knows what they're doing, but. I'm actually pretty happy with it. I love Mads Mikkelsen. He's great. Great actor. I, 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 he's great in everything. Like, if you haven't seen Hannibal... Oh, God. Dude, go watch Hannibal. It's so good. I think most people, when this news came out, uh, and me kind of included, were just like, this is great and all, but where's the Hannibal Season 4 announcement? Huh? Where's <laughs> that at? Because ever since Hannibal got picked up on uh, Netflix, like, everyone's just been assuming, like, just mean they're they're going to, like... They're gonna do it because it when Bring when they back. got it there, it was like number one and they're trending for like a long time. And yeah. uh no no. So and if anything, with this, so you said you haven't seen like these movies, right? You haven't seen the regular no. Harry Potter ones. Dude, like literally, like and I don't mean this like any shade at like Johnny Depp at all, because I thought with Cr Fantastic Beast Crimes of Grindelwald, like Johnny Depp was probably the best part of that movie, like in all honesty. Like, despite any behind-the-scenes stuff that happened that has nothing to do with the movie and the performance and everything, I think what he did in that movie and what he brought to it was probably the best part of the movie. And uh, mm -hmm. having said that, I think Mads Mikkelsen is a much better casting as Grindelwald. Like, from the start, like I would have been fine if, like, I would have almost preferred. Granted, I haven't seen Mads in the role. I don't know what he... But I know what Mads can do as an actor, and just, like, I could just see, like, him playing Grindelwald... That just sounds. If you would have asked me, you want Johnny Depp to play Grindelwald or you want Mads Mikkelsen, I would have chose Mads Mikkelsen from the start. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Again, I thought Johnny Depp was the best part of that movie, so I'm not saying anything. It has nothing to do with anything behind the scenes, whatnot, whatever. I just I love Mads Mikkelsen, and I think he, he'll bring the he'll bring great justice to the role, if not, if literally not, has the potential of being even better now that he's there. Like. That just is more high praise to Mads more so than any sort of detractor on to Johnny by any means. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to that. I know since you haven't really seen it, um, do you have any anything to add? No, I mean I I just I'm right there with you. That does it make Mads. you want to see it more? Does it make you actually want to see? Yes, it? I mean I mean 
yeah, I, I, I mean, based upon the, your pretty good recommendation about about these movies, I mean, I feel like maybe I could even skip the Harry Potter movies and not don't have to go back and see those, and maybe just pick up Fantastic Beasts. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely knowing he's gonna if he if he does take over the role, that makes me want to see it a little more. I will say the Harry Potter movies are better than the Fantastic Beast movies. So I wouldn't oh, okay. I wouldn't actually recommend skipping them to go to that one. Okay. But like I, I don't the Fantastic Beast movies are fine. They're good. The second one uh, was the most unlike Harry Potter than any of them have been. It's not I don't know if it's really a negative or a positive. It's just uh I don't know. They're definitely not as good as the original. Like we're well, not the original. But they're it's more of like a spin-off thing, a spin-off prequel thing. Sure. I liken it kinda as uh I like you not having seen the Harry Potter movies might I don't know, appreciate or like the Fantastic Beast movies. And I say that just because it's hard sometimes when I like have tried to get people who have never watched Star Wars to watch Star Wars. I I, I tend to and this might sound sacrilegious, but like, but like prior to the sequel series, sequel trilogy, depending on the person, I'd say start with the prequels because I know a lot of people have a harder time watching older movies because it takes yeah. them out of it. So like they yeah. might be able to watch like something that's a little bit newer and updated and actually like get into it more so than setting them up for failure by they don't really like watching older movies and it already kind sure. of takes them out and they can be less interested. It's all honestly person to person. So like, I don't know. Cause I feel like if you've never watched star Wars, you're probably not someone who likes watching older movies. So it might be better for you to start with the prequels and just watch it, you know, episode one and up in chronological order, quote unquote, not that you would need to with this, but I, the same rule applies. Like if you haven't seen the Harry Potter movies, it would, I don't think it would really hurt to watch these ones first because you're not, missing anything it's a disconnected story all things considered for the most part so, yeah you know but again i'm excited to see mads come in and play that i think that'll be great so whatever you guys think about that let us know down in the comment section below our next one here which is uh this this next topic i'm more or less just excited to hear that there's like movement this thing has been in production in some way for like 10 15 years and that's the halo tv series and we just got a casting confirmation that the original voice actress for Cortana is going to be reprising the role of Cortana in the Halo TV series that is going to be coming to Showtime. And uh, I'll tell you what, depending on how this looks, it might be it might be reason enough for me to pick up a Showtime sub because I don't yep. have a Showtime sub. But this is having been just among the many who wasted a lot of time playing Halo 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> and, like, they've been trying to make a Halo... It, Halo has been poised for cinematic, just money-making glory, like, for the longest time. It feels like such, like, a easy thing for them to do. And it's just, especially as, uh, like, CGI and everything has progressed, like, further and further, and it's just, like... I guess now is probably the best time to do it, because if they want to do like you know the elites, the brutes, the flood, like the CG needed to be pretty good for it. So I mean, maybe sure. maybe it's going to work out for them. Just holding off a bit. But on top of Cortana coming back, I mean they have they have their Master Chief cast. They have they have a full cast assembled now essentially. And there's like new, there's still like little to no information about what the show's going to be about. But uh, I mean we the, we know there's going to be three additional Spartan characters. Uh, 
with Master Chief, original Cortana. At this point, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for something. It's, it's produced by uh, Amblin Entertainment. So I take that with a huge grain of salt, though, and for people not to get too hype about Steven Spielberg's attachment because it's going to be a producer in name, much like he was a producer in name on Michael's Bay's Transformers movies, which are <laughs> dog shit. So I'm not, don't think that this is going to be good just because Steven Spielberg's on it. It's the only thing I would have to say. Yeah. What do you think about this? Um, you know, I'm 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 right there with you. Like, I'm happy to hear that there's some movement on it that we might actually get to see this one day here in the relatively near future. I'm a little curious if uh, they're going to let this actress, if they're going to, because Cortana is a digital and AI, and I'm I'm really curious if, but but she's represented by a human humanoid figure in the in the game for those that haven't played the game. Um, and so I'm curious if the actress is going to, if they're going to actually let her do the the physical performance of the character, or if it's going to be completely computer generated. Obviously, they if she does the performance, they would, um, you know, digitize her and make her into a more holographic looking character to, because that's what Cortana is. Or I'm wondering if they're going to try and mimic Cortana's look in the in the from the games, which is completely different than the than the voice actresses look. As as you can see by the two pictures side by side, right. they have much different looks. So I'm curious if it's going to be a voice act only, or if she's actually going to have a physical performance that goes along with it. But either way, I mean that's that's a small little thing. But I'm like you said, I'm excited to hear some movement there and. And I definitely, I don't have a Showtime either, but I would definitely pick Showtime up for this. I don't know that I'd hang on to it much longer after it was over, Yeah, I would definitely pick it up for this. I can tell you what, though. Um, I'll give you what I think. If I was like producing this, if I was attaching it anyway, what I, what I would say they probably, what, what I would do is I would keep Cortana with the same like the same video game model and just have her do the voice sure. for multiple reasons. One, people are used to it. So it's, it's always nice to have that like one, like one little piece of connective tissue. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what R2-D2 and C-3PO show up in every goddamn movie. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. one piece of connective tissue in there that just keep, runs right through. So like having Cortana be represented in the same physical appearance, I think would be, would lend itself better. Sure. Not that there's anything against seeing her by any means. It's just for the story purposes. Because I'm mm -hmm. sure Master Chief's going to look exactly the same as he does in the game. I'm sure all the Spartans are going to look exactly the same. Why would you change that? Those things, that stuff works. You know what I mean? And uh, mainly, though, like physical appearances aside, and this is not a detractor towards uh, Jen Taylor here, because I don't know what, if she's going to be the best actress in the world, but voice acting is completely different than stage acting. And, you know yep. what I mean? So it's like a lot of times, like, there's a reason those like both sides don't make the transition and like a good actor is not a very good voice actor and vice versa. Like voice acting is its own skill. And like she does the voice great. So just like I'm glad that she's like just there to do the voice. That's that that's enough for me. And I would just say, like, why change anything? Like it doesn't need yeah. to be changed, you know? Like, I don't know. Like not that it's jarring, not that she's an unattractive woman who I it'd be fine. Like I wouldn't care either way. I just think like it, it'd be better just for Cortana looking how she's most familiar, and then the voice is all you need. It's like if they made a uh, a Portal movie, you just need the, that voice to be there. That's it. Like you wouldn't need to change the little yep. robot. You know, like just you just need the voice, and like rest works on its own. So I don't. Know. That's my two cents on it anyway. 
But uh, let's move into our final topic here, which has to do with sound. Not, not so much voice, but I guess like in, in some cases the voice, because a lot of uh, there were a lot of complaints with the uh, tenant. All right. And like, mm-hmm. I didn't see this in theaters and I, th- I think you said you did. So I can't remember if you said you had this issue or not, but I remember just reading multiple, multiple, multiple articles about uh, tenants and people going to see tenants and them not being able to hear what the hell was going on. <laughs> at tenants. And I heard, like, I heard both sides. I heard people say that they didn't have any problems. And I heard a lot of people say they had problems. And uh, yeah, it- it wasn't. It wasn't the Rona that hurt the tenant box office. It was people not being able to hear it. Yeah, it was the sound <laughs> mixing apparently. But uh, did you Come have on. any of the sound issues when you went to see it? Um. So yeah, obviously I'm completely joking that I don't think the sound impacted the box office at all. But right. I, I, I did. I did have some issues picking up um, dialogue, especially within in the first, I would say, quarter of the movie. Um, there's a big action set piece that takes place in the, at the very opening of the movie with, you know, the, one of the hallmarks of a, of a Chris Nolan movie, like heavy bass drums yeah. at points to, to really, yeah, <laughs> to really, really drive home the, the, the intensity of certain scenes. And, and, and they, they, they do a great job. I don't know if great, great's not the right word, but they do a, a great job of timing those to occur sometimes right when people are saying things. Yeah. It just completely it completely drowns it out. But I, I don't remember it being an issue for like the last three quarters of the movie, but I do remember that opening set piece thinking, what, what did that guy say? Oh, wait, well, huh? Okay, there's something I missed there, but oh, well, I'll just go on. And it didn't impact my enjoyment of the movie. It didn't impact my understanding of the movie in any way. Um, so yeah, it was, it's definitely an issue. It's definitely something that, you know, you you don't, I don't know very many other directors or or movies where I go to and I, I say, well, wait a minute, what did that person say? Usually it's, there's, there's not that issue. So when it does rear its head, it obviously stands out. Well, that's the thing too with this article. Like, it wasn't just some random moviegoers who who had it. Like, he apparently got like calls. Chris Nolan got uh, <laughs> called by like fellow filmmakers, like his peers, and said like, "Yo, Chris, I just saw a movie, but uh, like, I couldn't hear anything. Like, w- what's going on with your sound mix? Like, like, so, like it wasn't just like it was like experienced people who went and saw it probably on top of the line theaters, maybe even had a copy of it to watch in their home. Like, so like you never know. Like, yeah, if Quentin Tarantino, if he asked for a copy of Tenet, he probably would have gotten one. You know what I mean? Like, so like, sure, who knows what kind of if this was just like a, a theater issue? Because, like, like I said, some people went out and said like they saw it on like the best like Dolby Atmos, like theater they could and they didn't have the issues so it's like maybe they were maybe it was fine and mixed a certain way to you know function better on for certain certain equipment who knows i still haven't seen it so i'm curious to see what it's going to be like because i'm only going to be able to watch it on like home video so sure. i'll have to see and like but he 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 goes on to say that he didn't really he doesn't think it's a problem like he's like it's like you know it just comes down to essentially how they decided to mix the movie like, and that's just, like, it is what it is. And, like, what do you think with, um, like, do you think it's, like, kind of like a, I don't know, like a negative way to look at it in a way? Do you think, like, he should, like, not that he should be pandering, like, to, like, like change, because, you know, like, a lot of people will be, like, they, they, they 
cringe at the thought of studio interference and don't interfere sure. with the like the artists and let them do their thing and like Chris Nolan likes like even with these like movies that deal with a lot of like you know, science fiction related things they're always grounded very grounded hyper real movies and tries to bring the element and I could see like I think one example I heard was like and it might be in the scene that you're talking about um that they're like if it's like a big action scene like maybe he's not wanting you to be able to hear it like the dialogue like maybe that's what he's going for but yeah. at the same time i don't know the immer the immersion quality of yeah. it that really immerse you in that like if you were there that you wouldn't be able to hear the dialogue so exactly you, yeah so i don't know if like that is primary because he doesn't say that's what like it was but he kind of like his description of it was kind of that like this just it comes down to like how they decided to do the sound mixing. And that's just is what it is. So like maybe if that's what he's going for, which we know just from watching the movie, that that that's the best way I could explain it. Is that like uh, he doesn't want you to hear. Which is yeah, kind of I'm, like dumb in a lot of ways so too. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Obviously this headline is uh a little clickbaity with its whole uh it's not clickbait. I mean, that's, but, but I don't think that's a direct quote that he doesn't think it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, they, 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 it, it's, 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 it's maybe a little embellished to give you, get you to click on it and read the mm -hmm. article. But, but he also, I mean, it's very clear he doesn't think it's as big a deal as maybe the general public has made it out to be or it's become in movie circles. Um, I will say this, though, as someone who worked in, uh, print medium for a little while and and was involved with proofreading there's a there's a there's a rule that i think maybe chris nolan and who, who am i to to tell chris nolan what should be going on but i know right <laughs> um, so, so so by no means take this as me thinking that i know better than chris nolan but but there's a rule that you don't proofread your own work and that's that's because you know what's supposed to be on the page so if you're reading it, your brain automatically fills in or adjusts those errors and, and, and things because you know what's supposed to be there. And, and I'm, part of me just wonders if Nolan, when he goes back and watches these things or when he goes back and sees the, the rough cut or whatever, and, and his sound people, when they go back and see it, they know what the story is. They know what the script is. They know what the dialogue is. So mm -hmm. if, even if they don't quite hear it when, it when they're watching the proofs or they're watching the drafts, um that they, they know their brain fills that in for them and so it isn't as big of an issue for them and I, I i hope that he has somebody that he trusts that maybe isn't involved in the production of it that he shows these things to and maybe they can be a little more they can provide that outsider perspective to him and, and tell him look you wrote the script you wrote this dialogue intentionally these lines were written down on the page intentionally because they convey some part of the story and you're losing it. You're completely drowning them out with this sound mix. And so, you know, maybe look at look at the value of these of what you've written compared to the value of the impact of having the sound be that loud or drown out the dialogue that much. So right. that's that's the only that's my only take on the whole thing. Again, who am I to to try and like tell Chris Nolan do something different? And that's not at all what I'm doing. I'm just saying like maybe that's something that hasn't been considered. Or, or a perspective that could offer some, some a different, a, could we offer a different perspective on this situation? No, I totally agree. Like I couldn't have said better myself. Like that's that's <laughs> ex that's my mindset with it. Is like they all know what's being said. They all know. Like Nolan has, like you said, a, a specific sound in all his movies. Like they know what mm -hmm. they're going for with that. 
they know the script when they're going through all this stuff and post like it's it's all fine to them i'm sure like it doesn't mm -hmm. you know they know what's going on and like you don't know until you're the completely impartial person who's never seen it that's like that's who would know not that yeah. there's anything wrong with like you know the movie or anything but it's just like you know if a simple thing like turn the volume down that's not really in studio interference or anything like interfering with the artist's like true thing or whatever. But like I said, if he's going for that, fine. But it is kind of like, like you said, if 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 you're writing, you know, script and dialogue, and you want people to be able to hear it, you don't want yeah. people to be watching the movie and then second guessing what what is even happening in the movie. It's like it, it pulls you out of the movie for a minute when you're like, I can't wait. What did they just say? Like, sure. And then, you know, you got to like try to figure it out. It's just, it is, I, I could see both sides of it being like, I don't really think there's a right or wrong, but I feel like there's a very happy medium of just turn the volume down a little bit in some spots <laughs> and turn the dialogue up, you know, turn that up. Like, just fix that part and you'll be good. Just a bit, just a yeah. little bit. Not, not much. We're asking you to lose, yeah. the, lose the, heavy, the heavy base at all. We're, we're just yeah. saying. Give us a fighting chance. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Like I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. Like I said, so I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it at home and be like, ah, oh, it was fine. Like, but yeah. granted, I always have subtitles on, so I never have that problem. <laughs> but you don't have that luxury in the theaters. So yeah. Just be like, hey guys, can you turn the subtitles? You, know, you don't have that. Because <laughs> I just like to have it specifically for those reasons. And like Christopher Nolan is actually one of the main reasons I started turning subtitles on by default. Like, no joke. Because mm -hmm. ever since Batman Begins, he's had that problem. Like, yeah. there has been issues where the sound is just so overwhelming that, like, you just lose stuff. And it's not just Chris. There's plenty of other things where I'm, like, watching something. I just I want to make sure I can know what people are saying. Like, sure. I just turn the subtitles on. So, but that was it. That's pretty much all I had on. You got anything else you want to add to that at all? I think no. you spelled it brilliantly, though. That's, how, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I do. I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, like, everybody gets a win. Everybody <laughs> gets a win. But, uh, but then uh, that covers it, guys. Just let us know what you guys think about all all this stuff here. You, did, did you have any issues with the uh, the uh, the tenant sound quality? Like, or are you like me that you'll just have to wait and kind of see? Once I mean, I think it's coming out at the end of the end of the year or something. Maybe yeah, I can't remember. I think it's Mid middle soon. middle of December. Yeah, middle of yeah. December. I think. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, wasn't it the fifteenth? It was the fifteenth. Yeah. Something like that. Either way. So I, I guess I'll let you guys know if I have any issues. So but anyways, guys, that'll do it for us today. Uh, don't forget, like and subscribe. This has been a long show. I apologize for anybody, you know, who has to stare at our mugs. This probably, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how long it's been, but because I, I, I was cutting a couple times. So like, we'll see. I, I think we may have hit the three hour mark with it. I thought we could have came in under three hours, but we never know. I don't know yet. But uh, John, where can everybody find you online? Uh, I'm over at the Twitters at Nightwing underscore J, and uh, it might have been a little political heavy this past week, but I promise we'll get back to uh, dumb comic book commentary and movie commentary very shortly here. So, well, you know what, dude? And I always say I, I don't. I guess I don't really always say it because, like, I don't really spend. I spend at this point in time next to zero time on social media, which I probably should more because I should probably like actually promote the damn show. <laughs> uh, that's it's literally the only reason i would even get on there is to promote the damn show but i would say and it's probably the best way for people to go about it depending on what kind of show like if you run a political show then i guess it's perfectly fine for you to talk politically but if you're if that's your personal social media 
do whatever the hell you want. You know what I mean? Like, like the show though, like what we do here, I try to keep politics out of it. You know what I mean? Yep. Cause like, yep. this is, this is a safe space. Like, I don't care if you're, if you're left, right, bottom, top, like we're talking about movies and like video games. Like, sure. You could be from any length of the world, part of the world and like be able to talk about Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is what it is. That's why it's like, all that stuff, that's, there's a time and a place for it. So if you want to go crazy and, and politically, I, do it. Just And I try, I try not to, you know, if, if, you know, for the most part, I, I keep politics out of, I, you know, there, I, I, I've always adhered to the, uh, you don't talk about politics and religion at, at dinner and you don't, you know, yeah. you, you try, you, you try and keep that stuff as, cause, cause in the end, it, you know, it's not worth your time and effort and the stress that it seems to cause. Um, but you know, they, I also I also find some commentary and some stuff that people have said over the past few weeks uh, a little bit funny, and maybe I've gotten a little wrapped up in it myself. And I'm trying to, I'm I'm slowly feeling myself get out of the grip of the, yeah. the entire the, the enthrallment that everybody's had with the whole political process this year. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that that grip relax itself, and so. I'm hoping I get back to a more what I would consider normal. And I don't, you know, if you come on there and you don't like what I've said, hey, no skin off my back. You're completely entitled. Your opinions are just as relevant, and probably some. I'm sure a lot of you have a more uh, informed opinion on things than I do to a certain degree. And so um, I don't, by any stretch of imagination, mean to offend anybody. And I, I actually. You know, if you're rational and reasonable, I love debating stuff like that. I love debating viewpoints and and why people feel you know certain ways about certain things um, that don't you know, especially when they don't devolve into personal attacks. So right. you know, if you don't, if you feel like maybe I've got a wrong perspective on something, I'd love to hear that about you too. Now, I probably we probably have more fun just BSing about why Chris Nolan can't you know get dialogue to sound <laughs> right. right in his movies. But right. you know, take it for what it is. No, exactly. And that's uh, that's why I mean that's why I named the channel Honest and Uneducated, dude. It's because I'm literally just here to give my honest opinion, and I might be uneducated on one. It's just my personal opinion. Like, yep. it's my honest and uneducated opinion on whatever the hell I'm talking about. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. Like, is I yep. mean that's that's the beauty of talking about like a lot of stuff that there is no right or wrong answer. Like it's all subjective. At least stuff we talk about here. A lot of times outside of this, plenty of things that you know are based in fact. We'll say, and like some things aren't based in fact. But when we're in this world, it's all subjective because it's all uh, it's all art in some ways. You know what I mean? So and art is subjective. There's no objectively good in art. So that's why you know, hence the name of the channel. It's also a good defense. It's like. Dude, this is just my honest opinion. Like, that's it. Yep. Like, I'm not saying I'm right. It's like, I'm, plenty not of people. Out here, yeah. not here out trying to offend people. Yeah, just... Just, it is what it is. So, but uh, yeah, you can follow me just at Sir Rob Bifo. Like I said, I probably should be on there. Anything, uh, all the social medias, it's all at Sir Rob Bifo. So, I don't know when the last time I used any other word. At me. I don't know. Maybe I'll get on there more. But uh, thanks for watching, guys. As always, stay tuned. Uh, like I said, I'm going to have a get my hands on a PS5 tomorrow. So uh, I'll probably be doing some Demon Soul streams or something. We did a. Did some, still going to do some more WoW streams. I got Shadowlands coming out in like days or something. Like nine days? I don't know. I got. Going to be busy. So I'll probably be doing a lot more streaming. So come on there if, you, if you're into that kind of stuff. Talk whatever. Baby Yoda with me now too, keeping his company. So, 
But don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to and submit. Don't... Sorry, what are you going to say? Sorry, I was going to jump in real quick. Don't forget to let everybody know if they didn't catch it that you did a review of the Sideshow Baby Yoda Dude, during your live stream last night. So I did, and I was going to say too because if you remember, I completely forgot I had the mini cam up the whole time. That's so, right. Like for like the whole shot, it was you know this shot here. <laughs> I, I grabbed a little Yoda. I'm gonna pretend this is this one, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you see this?" And blah blah. So I was playing WoW at the time, but I decided to switch over and do the review. And so I was like holding the thing up like here in this little tiny. Case. So I'm probably gonna redo the review at some point. Okay. <laughs> I, was to, I was gonna tell you well, like, if, oh, if, if they gonna... can't if they can't wait for that for that they can catch it they can catch your initial one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So go go check out the live. Normally, I'm trying to stream every Friday at the very least. So like, I don't know. It's it's busy, man. Busy. I want to I want to get like a more set schedule, but you know, maybe if I I I got a lot of vacation time coming up in December, so I'll probably be able to stream a lot more come then. So who knows? But uh, we'll see. But uh, again, you can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us here at honest and uneducated at gmail.com. That's honest and uneducated at gmail.com. Send anything you want. I don't care what it is. I'll pro I'll look at it there no matter what. I'll probably see the email before I see the social media stuff. I'm like ass backwards with most people. <laughs> most people don't check their email. But uh, the emails I get notifications for on my phone. I don't get notifications for social media on my phone because that shit's annoying. So I <laughs> It is a, emails are pretty annoying too, but I'll at least see that one on there. So don't forget again, like and subscribe. Thanks for watching. And the, the also the audio edition will be up too. And you know, whatever, go check that out. If you can't always watch the show here on YouTube, I put up the audio only version on it, which will probably be a good one for this one, knowing that it's probably about three hours or so long. So uh, that's it. That's it. That's all I got for today, guys. So uh, again, thank you for watching. Uh, take care.